Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. Merry Christmas, homies. We're looking forward to this episode. I got my pal Elliot Van Sill on here. We'll get into that in just a minute. But before we get rolling, I want to remind you guys, if you got that special someone you wanted to get something for and you want to support your favorite podcast, don't forget to go to letstalkdubs.com. Go to the store, pick up some merch. And this week, I'm giving a shout out to David Farrow from Texas who picked up a hat, a shirt, and some stickers. And I threw some extra stickers in there for him because uh, I appreciate his support, man. So you guys want to support the podcast, you know where to go and what to do. So and you get a shot on the podcast when you support. You get a shot out if you leave a review. So uh, this week's shot out goes to Aaron. Uh, Aaron Kayon out of uh, Burbank, California, one of the Burbank Choppers. He puts a post on here and he says, uh, I was honored to be a guest on Let's Talk Dubs. It's pretty fun how he met, how I met him and I met him at the, at the uh, Prado show when they did the 80s throwback. He was kind of driving his bug through and said he got lost until I found him and took him over where he was supposed to be parked. But uh, Aaron's a good cat and him and his son. His son's got a YouTube channel called Four Speed Films and you guys ought to check it out. There's lots of good stuff and uh, pretty cool content to be viewed on there. And also, if you wanted to listen to Aaron's podcast, that is podcast number 38. So episode 38, we did that back in September of 2019, which seems so long ago. But uh, on this week's show, we've got my buddy, Elliot. Uh, Elliot has had probably at least 10 or 15 cars featured, I would think, somewhere in that neighborhood. And it goes all the way back from... uh, from sweaters to ragtops to, um, geez, you name it. Uh, he's also, you know, he's got quite an extensive collection. Like I said earlier, he's pushing about 60-plus cars. Pretty fortunate guy, and he's now starting to push into the world of stock vintage stuff, but he's an old school, likes them low, likes them fast, and uh, now he's starting to dabble a little bit into the stock world, you know, the vintage stuff. So if you'll notice the head mueller that Buddy Hale's doing, down there in uh, down at Type One Restoration, that's the car that they're building. It'll be on display in the Grand National Roadster Show in bare metal after all the metal work's done with the whole car assembled in bare metal. So make sure you get out there this year to the Grand National Roadster Show that'll be taking place May 14th through 16th in Pomona. So uh, look forward to everybody getting together around then. I think we'll be having a big VW party this year down at the Grand National Roadster Show. Also, one of the exclusives that you have by listening to Lex Talk Dubs podcast is coming up in the next few weeks. We're going to be making a huge announcement, a really special announcement that's going to be significant in the VW scene. So you'll hear it here first on Let's Talk Dubs. But until then, guys, make sure you keep giving us good five-star ratings and review the podcast. Don't forget, uh, you get a chance you want to support, go support the podcast. You know what to do for that. But we definitely appreciate you guys, and uh, this isn't the last podcast this year. We still got one more we'll crank out next week because I can't leave you guys without a podcast each week to listen to. So if you got a long drive, this is perfect because this one's a little over two hours, but it's a lot of VW talk, and we go everywhere from... Uh, you know, your typical, how'd you get into it all the way into all the different, uh, cars he collects and the genres that he, uh, he likes these vehicles in and the, the process and experience of building, buying, chasing and all that fun stuff. So I had a kick. It was a great podcast and I'm certain you guys are going to dig it too. So, uh, let's get into it guys this week on let's talk dubs, Elliot Van Sill episode one Oh two. 
All right, guys. So on today's show, I've been uh, chasing my buddy down for a little while, and uh, I finally got him on the podcast. And he's only become a buddy because we met through a mutual friend, and then uh, we have chatted a bunch at, at, at different shows and whatnot. And so on today's show, I've got my buddy Elliot Vansel on the podcast. Elliot, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Bill. Hey, so like we start the show every time, uh, and as I told you guys in the intro, you know, Elliot's got a little bit of an extensive extensive collection. We're going to get into some of the collection a little bit, but how did you get into Volkswagens and what's your VW story? Yeah, so yeah, it started just like most guys, I think, that are in Volkswagens. It started way, way, way back. Um, uh, my Uncle Scotty uh, Vansel um, gave me a 1966 Beetle as my first car. Uh, when I was 16 and this, it was a you know, pretty ratty little beetle and, uh, little pop-up sunroof and milk crates for seats. And, and, uh, and so that's where it began. My entire family, my, my, uh, my, his older brother is a drag racer, uh, Volkswagen drag racer out, in, out in Oregon. And then just my entire family, you know, my dad tells stories of, of, uh, you know, putting me to sleep in a Volkswagen. So they've just been in my blood for a long time. And then, so as a lot of us get into it, right, we, 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 we get that first Volkswagen and it's kind of in our blood. Then we get out of the hobby into the hobby. Now, did you stay in the hobby the whole time or did you take a break from VWs? Like it was a, it was a you thing. And then once you started getting your nickels put together, you thought, oh, I want to get another Volkswagen or have you always had a Volkswagen? Yeah, man, it's really, it's, it was two phases for me. It was uh, early on from 16 to like college years. Uh, I drove my Volkswagen Beetle, you know, out to college and, uh, um, we tore it down and we put it in a body shop, probably like a lot of guys have this story. Uh, we put it in a body shop and I never saw the car again. And so that was kind of the end. That was the end of phase one. Uh, the guy went bankrupt and I, you know, I just never found the car again. And, and, uh, after that, when I got out of college, you know, got married, um, and, and started, started my business and, uh, and kind of looked up, you know, after I would made a little bit of money and could actually afford a hobby again, um, looked up and I started phase two, uh, of my Volkswagen sickness. I like to call it, but, uh, you know, that Volkswagen sickness probably like back in 1999 was, you know, beginning of phase two. And, uh, that's when I bought another Volkswagen and got back into it. Uh, pretty heavy. When you get back in the hobby now, you're married, you got kids, what's the background and which, which, which Avenue do you decide to take? Yeah. So when I got back in the hobby, I was just driving down the street and, uh, I uh, came across a pretty clean, what I thought was a pretty clean little 64. And, uh, and I bought that. I didn't know anything, uh, back then, literally, uh, at all. And, uh, I bought the little 64 and it was, uh, you know, probably a Mako paint job and, and, uh, bought that car. And in- interestingly enough, um, we, we gave that car away at Dub Splash some 10 years later. Uh, our club rebuilt that car, and that was the Liberty Bug that uh, that we raffled off at Dove Splash, rebuilt it, repainted it, did all that stuff, and um, and so that yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool story with that. Yeah, that's it's one way to turn it full circle, right? Oh yeah, yeah, but it was fun. But that's how I got back in. Is I just I bought that little ratty car and uh, tore it down and and uh, just got it back on the road and and uh, drove it around for a little bit, but then. You know, then that fire was burning and I uh, kind of got back into the show scene and I was seeing nicer and nicer cars and I, you know, I wanted a nicer car. And, um, and, uh, and then pretty quickly after that, I bought, um, a couple of other, uh, bought a, uh, 62 convertible, 
um, that some of you guys may have seen. It was in Hot VWs. Uh, it was a, a mint green uh, car that uh, um, that was pretty cool, and we we built that. And um, and then I bought a sixty, another little sixty four that had a grafted in two fold rag top, and and then it just kind of evolved from there. But I, early on, I was buying cars that were that were you know decently nice cars, um, and then I was just kind of making them mine, and so you know cutting them and buffing them, and you know changing the beam, putting wheels on them, and you know what I mean, just kind of finishing them out. You know my style is is uh, is what I was doing early on. A lot of those cars I rebuilt later uh, though, and and completely, you know, nut and bolt did them. But, but early on, that's what I was doing. Then you get into, so now you're buying these cars that like you drive, you know, it's one of those things where when you, when you don't got the time to sit there and nut and bolt and do it or, or, or no, and you just want to drive it like going down the road and you see something's just got a nice stance to it. The wheels sit nice. And it's just like, that's usually what gets us every time. Like cars just got a nice stance. And at first glance, like, Oh, it looks cool. I'm gonna buy that car. And you get it and you start looking at it. It's, It's kind of a heap. And now you go through a couple of Volkswagen and start building your little collection with your average bought cars. What, because now you, a lot of your cars, you have Buddy do a lot of those cars. You've done a couple of cars yourself, but you have Buddy do some of these cars. What pushes you to the tipping point? And and, and how do you come across Buddy and how does that all come together? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Actually, you're, uh, you're part of that equation. Um, and so in the early 2000s, you know, I was going to Texas shows and just kind of buying, you know, buying, you know, cars that I thought were cool and kind of doing them up. And I think it was 2009, I believe, mm-hmm. is the first time I went to the Cali Classic. And um, so I was in town uh, on some business and uh, and I went out to the Cali Classic. It was the first year that you rolled out the top 34. Was that 09 or, or 10? That was 2009. Yeah, that was nine. Yeah. So I yeah. rolled out there and, uh, and and I saw I saw your car. And, uh, and I was like, oh, my God, this thing is awesome. And uh, and I just couldn't get over the paint. It's like somebody just dipped it in Nevada paint and just pulled it out, and it was just beautiful. Right. And um, and so I found your car, and then I tracked Buddy down through your car, and uh, that's how I was introduced to uh, to Buddy Hill. So what you're saying is Buddy owes me a commission. Yeah, Buddy owes you. All of the- <laughs> Dude, if you get a commission on all the money I've spent with Buddy, you're going to – you might be able to retire. I'm going to retire. <laughs> So, but the funny part is, you know, like when I, when I sought out Buddy, what made me seek out Buddy was, uh, or what really grabbed attention. I remember when, when he debuted Randy Gates, uh, split window and, and Randy had made these, these stickers that had like a splat design and it said, who's Buddy Hale, you know? And, and I remember seeing that car and that's the first thing when I saw Randy split, I was just like standing there looking at this car thinking like there's two things that got me one like you said was the paint like the super shiny like it looked like they just got done spraying the car super rich shiny and then the little if you'll notice my Gia had it too because I'm like bro we got to come up with a shift light and a line lock light coming off the dash because when I saw that on Randy split the little the little alien antennas coming up off the steering column I'm like bro yeah I gotta have that you know so it's funny how you see a car that like when you see a car that Buddy does or that any of these high end builders do when you see a car like that you just have to I think reconcile your whole life together and say you know what. I can build some stuff and I got some street cred, but I certainly, I certainly don't have the patience or the talent to do something to that degree. Yeah. It's just a you different know, we, level. We, the, the, the level yeah. that guy builds cars at is just 
it's a different game. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna commit like 45 minutes to sanding, and then I'm like, you know, I'm done sanding. Right. Like this isn't my, this ain't my bag. <laughs> right. So is it, but it but I've always found it interesting that a lot of these cars and people give us grief sometimes. Like you know, the bull run bus I built by myself. When I say built, I I tore the car apart. I sent it out for paint. I had an engine built. I put the whole car together. You know, bought an interior kit, installed the interior kit, did all that stuff. Paid someone to do the headliner. And that's quote unquote built it myself. Right. Now the, the, the Gia, when I saw the split, I went, my thinking was like, okay, I got to find a car that's even more rare than a split. And I got to find wheels more rare than gas burners, you know? Right. And those cars, although people give a hard time, be like, oh yeah, it must be nice to do a checkbook car sometimes. And and, and it's really it's not real respectful to say it's a checkbook car because the money just didn't fall in my checkbook and I grew up broke and it's like, I do my, I work hard and then I earn my money and then it's like, I just go ahead and know where my limits are and just, I want something that nice. You know what I mean? And so that's when I pay, you know, buddy to do stuff and things like that. But the the reality is that stuff also pushes the hobby too. You know, it's what inspires other people to get cars and other other things to evolve in. Sometimes I've even taken a position on it where I get a little bummed out with like the ratty look. And the only reason I get kind of bummed out with it is because I don't see like the ratty look being something that inspires a teenage kid who's hanging on a corner and sees some car go by. And usually it's like something nice, shiny and pretty that kind of gets them motivated. And maybe I'm just speaking from experience, but I've always thought like, the nice finished done show cars, what really light people's fire to, to whether they're going to build it themselves or get it going. But no, it's, it, it's, it, it's interesting how in turn, you know, Randy's car inspired me to do the Gia. My car inspired you to build your next car. So what car do you build next? Well, it's funny that you mentioned the, uh, the whole checkbook thing. Cause I got that, I got that hardcore early on. And, um, and what's, what's funny is that a, a lot of times people, you know, they, they say that, and then I, yeah, I'd challenge them with, you know, you'd do it also if you could, you know what I mean? And so, and it's, it's, yeah, uh, and it's not, you know, it's not, uh, trying to be, you know, trying to be mean or anything, but, but it's just, I, I had a lot of Volkswagen goals and, uh, and I, dude, we've, you know, we've built cars, we've painted cars, we do a ton of stuff within our, our Volkswagen chapter, but, but, um, you know, whenever you have a car that you want to do to that level, I mean, you you have to give it to a professional, you know, and and uh, and Buddy is that professional, and so and so yeah, the the um, the car that the first car that I took to Buddy, so we uh, we went to the Cali Classic. It was two thousand nine, and uh, Rich Rivera had a uh, had a brown convertible uh, there. Uh, I think it was a sixty, might have been a sixty four. Now that I'm thinking about it, and um, and Buddy had painted this car some five or six years earlier, you know, <laughs> something like that. I and it had a whole story. I don't really, I don't really know. The oh yeah, well story. I'm going to let you in on that story because yeah. I'm connected to that story. Are you okay? Because this is how that car comes about. Buddy and I are talking, and he says, "Hey, I got an opportunity to buy a car back that I painted a while ago." And I'm going to be doing your split and we're going to do some stuff. So let's, we worked out a deal. Buddy and I worked out a deal where I helped him get that car back and then he was going to build it, finish it. And then, you know, we were going to 
I was putting some money up for him to get that car. And then next thing I know, Rich has got the car and Rich is finishing the car out to get it, to, to sell it for Buddy because Buddy maybe gets too busy to work on it or whatever the case is. And then you get it and then you take that car back to Buddy. But it was it was interesting how the whole thing came about because that car's tied to my split window. That's funny, man. <laughs> that's, that's down at Buddy's shop. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how everything kind of goes full circle. So So you end up getting the convertible from rich it's a street driver like super nice paint but the details not there yeah yeah it just it had it had a good paint job on it and that's a testament i think to the paint jobs that buddy does is is uh you know i still own that car today and it still looks great you know what i mean and uh but yeah it was a it was a nice car uh uh, i think a good you know a good canvas and uh and then you know basically i was just excited man to build you know, build the next, uh, your type 34, if you will. And, um, right. I just basically gave buddy an open checkbook and said, Hey, let's build something badass." And, um, he just kind of went off on that car. Um, and so yeah, it was, that was the, uh, that was the first endeavor that I had with, with buddy and, um, and just, you know, thoroughly impressed that car. I know you've spent, you've looked at that car and, and, uh, oh, it's, yeah. it's just like your type 34. I mean, it, it, the thing that I love about Buddy is no matter where you look at on that car, I'm I'm a in the details guy. I get up under the fender and I want to see the the back of the heater channel and I want to see every you know, the places that everybody else neglects. And um, right, and that's the cool thing about Buddy's cars is I mean it doesn't matter where you look at that car, um, it's just gorgeous and detailed everywhere, you know. And so that's what's that's what's so cool about that car. Well, and you know it, it's one of these things where you kind of look like you know there used to be that tv show ugly duckling where like they take this you know person that needs a little bit of help that some people might think or whatever the case is and then uh and then they take this car and or they take this person and completely revamp them and just go way over the top and it's like sometimes when you have a resource like you got a buddy like you got an access to buddy hail which everybody has access you just need to yeah be able to pony up the dollars you know what i mean and it's not even that like you can take your car to buddy and just have him paint it yeah but there's something different about like you know because he had buddy definitely has a style that's uh you know bead rolled aluminum panels and some Mm -hmm. you know some particular stuff that he likes to do and color combinations and things like that and you know to see those cars get done and be rebuilt. It's like, you know, I I've really been toying with the idea of, of doing a video, like a video just about like my bull run bus, but from the bus's perspective, right? You know what I mean? Like built brand new at the shop. It's got its big 40 horse motors built brand new at the factory comes off the line, goes to a dealership. And then it turns into, then it gets discarded and thrown in a field 11 years after it's made. Right. You know, and then for it to be reborn, rebuilt, and reappreciated, I think that's like a lot. I don't know. Maybe it's our generation. I, don't know. I, I always go with, I call it the Corvette summer, you know, thing like where Mark Hamill's looking up and they're dragging this Corvette, getting ready to drop it in the smasher. And then he's like, I'll fix it. And then he just yeah. spends his whole summer, you know, getting this car dialed in. And then, you know, it's like it's got this whole new life and whole new lease on things, and it's pretty exciting to see it, especially when there's something unique about that car. You know, your next car that you do after that is the also featured. It's the threefold, uh, the threefold fifty four. It's like a yeah sterling silver car. Yeah, yeah, it was a Zwitter. I guess yeah, the Zwitter. It was actually is that the one you're talking about? 
Well, no, the Zw- so the Zwitter's the one, that's the one you pick up from Eric Goodwin, right? Yeah, yeah, that was actually probably the first one that I had in Hot VWs um, that I got from Eric. But I think, yeah, the one you're talking about is a Strato Silver uh, 50, yeah. 55 um, uh, that I picked up in uh, in California. And, and uh, that car um, was kind of the same situation as the uh, as the brown convertible. Uh, it was a really nice car, had, had a, a decent paint. Uh, but it, it just didn't have any detail and it, it buddy had to repaint a lot of that car. Uh, it had a lot of issues once we actually got into it, but, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a day. It was a beautiful, uh, 55, uh, Strato that, uh, Dave Lametta, I think did the, uh, um, uh, interior. And I think Koch's had something to do with the interior and, and, um, it was, it was a pretty cool car to start. And then buddy just, you know, he did what buddy does. He just put it over the top. He, he, pulled everything apart and just detailed the crap out of everything and uh and just yeah made it buddy style as you say and now during this time you're you're also i mean you're also the president of the dlk chapter in dallas right yeah that's right that's right yeah we uh yeah i actually during probably the 2009-10 we started the uh dlk started in uh houston texas and uh, mm-hmm. we formed a, a chapter up in dallas and we were getting heavy uh, heavy into that car club there as well during that same period. And so by that, so you're, you're heading up the, the Dallas chapter of this club. And then, uh, you guys also, so, and I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but I, but I also want to, you guys being in Texas yeah, and going out to California and seeing shows and because you've got the fortunate opportunity to be able to fly out to, to California for a show. I mean, you happen to be there for the first classic on business, right? And you're like, well, Hey, two birds, one stone. I'm going to check right. this out. And then like, is that your first California show you go to, man? I think that was the first time I'd ever been to California period. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And what, up. and what was your impression? Like you go to that show and it's just like, Oh, it just absolutely blew my mind. It, uh, you know, Texas is a much different scene today. I think probably because, um, of that, you know, me visiting California then and kind of bringing some of those cars, you know, back to Texas. But yeah, Texas, I mean, Texas had, had good cars, but you know, nothing like that. You know what I mean? I mean, you'd have, yeah. you'd have three, 400 cars at a Texas show and most of them would be doom buggies and rails and you know what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, fat chicks and not, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's cool. But, <laughs> but you didn't have, you didn't have the cars, um, that, you know, just the different clubs bringing out, you know, just, one after the other, after the other, after the other, these, these amazing cars, you know? And so that just, that, that put me in hyperdrive, put me in overdrive and, uh, really poured fuel on this, uh, on this sickness I have. Well, and you know, a lot of times when we, we have to get outside of our own zone to see like things differently and, and get a, and, and get that different inspiration from whether it's Southern California or, you know, when you go to a, a big hot rod meet or whatever, the inspiration comes from all over the place. But when you're in a VW specific stuff and then you go to the VW classic, like the show of shows and, and, and like you see what's there, it changes your perspective on things because in the Southern California world, it's like, it's been the same for so long that the, the detail started getting super intense. Yeah. And then when the detail started getting super tense, it was like, the trick little bits that they'll add to the cars that you won't see. And then it's just, it's a constant evolution 
of the progression of the hobby. And then when you see that, you fly out there with a bunch of buddies. I remember seeing you out there. You had a, you had a few friends with you when you flew out there a couple times. And then mm-hmm. those guys come out there, get exposed to that scene. Then they go back and then it ups the bar even on the stuff that they're oh, yeah. building, even if they're building it at home. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, that's what like, I'm saying, man. It's just, I think it, you know, just me being introduced there, build, building the the couple of cars that I built and bringing them back to the Texas scene. Yeah, I think you're talking about Ethan Dunlap. And, uh, yeah. I mean, dude, that car, If I, I don't know if you saw that car that he built, uh, uh, the 61. It was, uh, he called it the mistress. It was, uh, it was that, uh, it wasn't Nardo gray. What's the, uh, what's the gray that, uh, um, anthracite. Yeah. Anthracite. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, just a beautiful car, man. Well, dude, that thing, that thing is in the, it's in the buddy hell realm. And he, he built that in his garage, you know? And, uh, but if you'd have seen the cars that he was building, you know what I mean? Before I was exposed to that culture, uh, out in California and exposed to the, you know, the quality that buddy was doing, uh, I mean, he was infected from from the cars that we brought back. He he wasn't building anything like that prior to that, you know. And I think that that that's the the benefit to guys that are in a little bit different position that can that can because without guys that can you know pay Buddy to do a paint job, Buddy's not pr- creating any cars. You right. know what I mean? And right. so there, it's like both sides need each other. But I love how. When that hobby comes into the Texas world, it changes Texas because Texas is a whole. I mean, we, I remember back in back in the day, one of my first clubs, Slow and Low, that I started. I started a lot of clubs because I'm usually the only member. But um, you know, <laughs> we uh, we started. I started a club called Slow and Low. I had a girl, um, Terry, was in the club with me. Now she was from uh, South Dakota. Okay, and so she had a. She had a clean little white rag top, but it was on like Baja wheels with low profile tires, right? Like the Jackman, the Jackman wide fives with a chrome center cap. And there's a distinct style to like the, the Texas, uh, what would you call it? That's, that's not, that's not called uh Midwest. Is this, let's like, uh, I don't know what that area is called. Man, we just, we just call it Texas. Yeah. All of it. Oklahoma. (laughs) It's just Texas, man. It, but it, that whole area right there just has a specific look, and I think when you look at certain certain developments of different styles, a lot of it also has to do sometimes with the weather that they get. Yeah. You know, like in uh, it, it, for Salt Lake City, for example, they get a lot of snow there, so a lot of their ingress egress on the curb and gutter coming in and out of places yeah. super steep because they're built for snow runoff and stuff like that. So a lot of these guys can't really lay their car out like you can in Southern California where everything's, you know, right. nice and on grade, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But definitely love seeing the hobby getting pushed forward. And that's why I get super excited when I start thinking about, you know, I was talking on a podcast or two earlier about trying to get a bunch of guys. I wanted to go out to the Florida show this year yeah. just to go out to the Florida show. Now I'm sure once you've been to the classic or you've been to Prado where there's a couple thousand cars, all this stuff, all these and I and I want to put Prado in the same category as like the classic because it's not Prado's right. like this huge hangout, right? And it's right. not really like I feel bad for anybody who brings a show car there because it can get dusted out and completely trashed in about forty five minutes once they drive it and park it. Yeah, that's what but, I heard. Yeah, but but uh, you know, still it's like this huge thing. It's like a v, it becomes like this VW city right for the weekend. Um, but I w- I just want to go out to the East Coast and hit a couple shows out there. 
And I was, I was, my plan was, I was like, forget it. I'm just going to drive out to Texas. Yeah. I'm not Texas. I'm going to drive out to Florida and go to bug jam. And then I ended up getting COVID. So, uh, after I wrestled the demon of COVID for three days, uh, <laughs> actually one day being sick and then the rest, just a headache for a couple of days. Right. But, uh, that, that kind of bummed me out. So I started thinking, okay, what's the next one we're going to go to. That's going to be able to, we're going to be able to put some miles on the road. And I was thinking about dub splash is the show that you put on. <laughs> that the DLK Dallas chapter puts on. Now talk to me about Dub Splash and what's the what's the deal with Dub Splash and has it become like a whole weekend of events or what's the deal? Yeah, man. Yeah, Dub Splash has been a uh it's been an insane hit and uh you know, Texas had the uh, the bug ins and the bug outs and the it was uh it was all kind of centered around drag racing at that Ennis drag strip and and uh, those were the shows that that I grew up going to. And, uh, you know, the bikini contest and just, you know, all this cool stuff, man. Well, these, these guys, and I, I know that, you know, you, you've, you've been involved in a lot of shows and a lot of times there's just a couple of people that are really doing all the work to put these shows on and they get tired, you know, they get old, they get tired and, and, uh, they quit doing these shows. And so I think it was 2010 or 2011, um, just all the shows, uh, almost in Texas, man, but especially in Dallas, just dried up. There wasn't any, uh, there wasn't any shows. These guys got old and they got tired of doing it and, uh, and they just quit doing it. And that's, that's really where dub splash came from is, is, uh, when that, when the, the bug in said, Hey, we're done, we're wrapping it up. This is the last time. Um, we said, you know what? We can't let the, uh, we can't let the community die like that. The VW community in Texas. And, uh, and so we started dub splash and, uh, you know, Dust Splash, we, we started it in a uh, an old, it was a 1940s amusement park that uh, uh, my dad used to go there uh, when he was a kid. And uh, the same family was running this thing. And, and, dude, it was just a hit, man. Dude, we were having this thing uh, like the first week in July every year. And if you've ever been in Texas in July, it's not, <laughs> it's not the place you want to be, man. But, dude, we're producing like 700 cars, you know, which is huge for Texas. And uh, gigantic for any show. Yeah. For thousands and thousands of people, um, at the, at this show, you know, and, and, uh, I think 2012, 11 or 12 was our, was our first year. And, um, and dude, it's just, it's just turned into a monster. And sadly, um, that little, uh, uh, amusement park, uh, closed the doors. I guess it's been two years ago. Now this COVID thing's really kind of thrown me, thrown me for a loop. We just lost a year, but but, um, yeah. you know, but we, uh, they closed the doors, the family, uh, the family sold out, uh, to developers. And, and so last year was our first year that we had it at a uh, Joe pool Lake. And, um, and yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've turned, it used to be really just kind of a one day, one day event. And, um, since we've got it out at the lake now, we've got the city of Grand Prairie, um, all in on turning it into a more of a festival, uh, kind of thing. And, uh, They've allowed us to start doing camping uh, out there, which, which you know, that's huge for the bus guys. And yeah. um, and so, you know, we've got camping now. We've got it. It's at the lake there. The city's talking about, you know, doing like a music festival around it at the same time. And so it's crazy the way that this thing has just continued to grow and grow and grow. And I, I think last year at the lake, um, I think that was, I think uh, size-wise, that was the biggest that it's ever been. And uh, so it blows me away. Um uh, I think if we do anything right, uh, you know, that show is just, it's just organized and we try to promote it. And, um, uh, but I don't think we do anything that's rocket science and, and, uh, it's just for some reason got a formula that works, but it's a, it's a great show. It pulls a lot of great cars from all over, 
probably all over the Midwest, really. I mean, we get cars pulled from everywhere. Now, has it, has it, um, be, that shows on a Saturday or Sunday? Uh, so it's always traditionally been on a Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. and then we're kind of playing with the formula now that we have camping and all that kind of good stuff. And it's, it's kind of, I think this year's the, uh, the first year that it's going to be kind of an all weekend thing with camping, uh, in, in the park. So I'm trying to convince a bunch of guys from the West coast to do a big caravan out there. And I think that would just be a blast. Oh, man, it'd be a, yeah. It'd be a big time. Blast. I'm hoping, I'm hoping this year and I'm gonna call out all these dudes with these nice fancy cars and they better drive their crap out there. <laughs> I don't really care. It's like, you've had it nice for a while. It's time. Yeah, There's dude. no better bonding experience. I think than taking a cool car you have and putting it to the test and making it and really seeing if you enjoy your creation and driving the thing right. a long distance, you know, and I especially think in the summertime, listen, it's going to be a little hot here in, in Vegas. And so I'll be looking forward to getting in Texas. It'd be a little cooler than yeah, right. much, but a little cooler, a little, little humidity, make the motor run better. But I'm trying to get a bunch of dudes from the West coast to come out there this year, because especially after, after we lost this whole year, to me, it just seems like the most fun that it would be would be to do a big caravan with a bunch of guys. You know, when I when I interviewed R.K. Smith, he told me about the they used to do a big caravan back in the eighties. Yeah, it was like a a big car a, a, a entire West Coast caravan, like from from Southern California all the way up to Oregon. And uh, I think it would just be something super cool to do. And I'm looking forward to getting that set up for this next year coming up. And I I tell you this right now. I'm hoping uh, it doesn't conflict with any other shows, but really I, I'm more into like doing the driving, doing it and getting down there. But that's, that's my plan for this year is to drag a couple guys down that thing with me and, uh, and head out there. And, and the guys that don't want to take a week off like me, I'm going to drive out there, leave here like, like around Tuesday or Wednesday, take the drive out there, hang out for the weekend. And then I, I might just put my car on a hauler and have it hauled back and fly home oh, and yeah. go back to work. <laughs> man, I'm but, telling you, man, you there's know. there's nothing better, you know. It's it's uh yeah. Um I mean it's just you know, we we uh you know, for us, you know, the big traveling shows, I mean we we like we love to go to California. I wanna hit the Florida shows. Uh so whenever whenever we you make that happen, I'll I'll make that happen with you. Um, Listen, I'm gonna stop in Texas, and we're gonna posse up with some of them Texas boys. Let's do it. And we're gonna keep headed east. Man. I mean, could you imagine how fun that would be? Just state to state, going through, and you're just linking up with another three, four, five cars. Dude. Every state you're yeah, going man. through. Yeah, man. I mean, it would be and then a big. Oh man, I, I could just imagine you get to Florida. You're bringing the show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There'd be there's nothing cooler than that. So I, I I just think about it, and I think like especially I think. It, this year changes everything. Yeah. Like we look back at the, at the, cause every year <clears throat> it's been so crazy because my kids, I've been raising kids this whole time as I've been going to shows and doing all this stuff. And, and one of the reasons I got back into the Volkswagen hobby is I wanted to share it with my kids. You yeah. Know, me like too. when I got out of it for a little bit and then I thought, oh, I'll be so cool. I'm going to build. Cause I used to think when I was single, like I'm going to build, I'm going to build a car with my son and whatever. You know what I mean? And then it's like, I build, I, I get, I get my cars done and, and I bring the kids into the hobby and, Every year, summertime would hit, and it gets so busy because you got this show, this show in May, that show in June, this show in July, and like there's one weekend a month that you're doing something. And this year, there was crap. It was like just yeah. nothing going on. Yeah. You know? So uh, oh, that's yeah. that's especially the reason I want to make that trip. So I'm I'm gonna be planning something. I need as soon as you get Dub Splash confirmed, man. Because to me, it's a long enough drive where 
it's going to be a test. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's going to be a test. And I think, uh, you know, it'll be uh, a great opportunity to get a bunch of cool Volkswagens out on the road because that, that driving out there is not the worst. It's not the worst highway. And I don't think there's a bunch of huge grades and stuff. No. Like that. Going through New Mexico, you hit a little grade. But, you know, there's a couple ways to work around it. But, yeah, that's that's my goal coming up for this next uh next year is hitting you guys over there in dub splash and then over november then a couple months later at the end of the year we're going to posse you up and head for uh head for uh the the um what is it called bug jam bug yeah jam. yeah i'm so, down with that I, I, I listen i'm gonna hold you to it brother because i'm gonna be calling you up and we're gonna be linking up so cool but Let's let's get back to so Dub Splash. You'll notify us about that, and I'll definitely promote it on the podcast. And we'll see if we can break a thousand cars this year. That'd be and awesome. I think that would be that would be legit. You know, especially uh, you know you got me over here. At let's talk Dubs, and that's that's going to be centrally located, so people from the East Coast, West Coast, and the Midwest can all converge in Texas, and we can make a big. Uh, a big deal of it, you know, cause I just came out of Texas a little bit ago. You know, I, I, I called you and I was going to stop by and see you. But once I, when I looked at the map and I saw how long it take me to get out of Texas. Yeah, dude. Yeah. People, people, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. People don't take that into yeah. consideration. A lot of times when, uh, they get to looking at Texas they're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, it was big. Well, cause I came down there and snuck that limo out of there. And That's then, awesome. Uh, I did that little road trip home with my wife and, and we really enjoyed driving through Texas. It was September when we drove through there weather was great and it was yeah. just it was just such a nice and texas just has nice long roads rolling hills the scenery changes you know yep. here in vegas man you drive from here to reno man it's just like everything looks like the same mountains it's just the same yeah. like <laughs> yeah yeah texas yeah we've definitely we got the you know the trees and the forest in the east and the desert in the west and i mean you've got it all here so yeah no i i dig it so let's get back to talking about uh the cars for yeah. a little bit because so you you had your bug phase for a little bit. What's the first bus you step up and grab? You know what, man? Uh, the first bus I grabbed, and I thought it was absurd money, um, was Nate uh, with Wagons West. Uh, I bought his uh, 55 uh, 23 window. Um, that that's my first uh, first type two. Uh, and what'd you, what'd you have to shell out? What'd you have to shell dude, out for that car? I, I mean, I thought it was the end of the world, man. I gave that dude 30 grand so that he could open his new shop. And, uh, he was trying to buy a building to, to move the business into. And man, right. I, dude, I thought I, I was like, man, I have lost my ever loving mind spending this kind of money on that bus. And uh, 30 grand for a fit for a 55, 23 window. <laughs> yeah, man. Running and driving <laughs> rad looking, you know? Yeah, wagons all, west, all like, wagons west suspension. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I, dude. There's no other bus I've ever driven that drives as good as this one, man. And uh, Nate's personal bus, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, dude. I, I thought I thought I lost my mind, man. And uh, yeah, look, and now in hindsight, you look back and it's like one of the best investments you made. Oh, right? probably. Yeah, easy. Yeah, easy, easy. The best investment, probably. Well, and I think, and that bus is kind of an, that's an unrestored bus, right? Yeah, I mean Nate. Nate did you know typical of all of the uh, uh, buses, kind of of that era. It's kind of had the the bottom six inches all the way around it, you know, inner and outer rockers and a uh, bunch of stuff like that, and then just blended back, you know what I mean, to the uh, to original paint. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but yeah, a lot, a lot of original paint uh, on that bus. There's got some that it, it says like cocktail something on. The, it got some logos on it and stuff. And so it's a it's a super cool bus. It's uh, it's one that I'll never restore, you know, just because it's so cool as it is. 
Well, and that's the other part too, right? So there's there's different levels of collectability of these vehicles. And I think one of the things that makes that an iconic bus is that bus, when you see it, you know what bus it is, Yeah. in my opinion. You know that's the Wagons West bus. And then par- part of that, you know, like I bought that red chop, that chopped rag, that one that was on the 89 yeah. Hot VWs. On, I don't know if you're familiar with oh, the yeah. car. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. But like I bought that car and I like the part of like the Gia, right? The Gia would not exist without my dollars going to have that car built. But that car is, is a, when I tell people the gray type 34 with the Cosmics cover hot VWs are like, oh, I know which, which car you're talking about. But it's like when I started thinking like, oh, I'm going to be buying this dude's car. And, you know, I, I don't know how hot I'm about buying that. And then I, right. the more I started thinking about that car, I started thinking like that bug that red chop top bug influenced me to where I didn't even realize how much influence it had on me. And then I buy it and now I look at my garage and I'm like, that car is so cool, man. And it's just like a, it's a piece of time that means something in the hobby. At least to me it does. And you know, the fact that it was Scott Gildner's original car, right. And he went on to paint hundreds of cars in the eighties and a lot of feature cars and a lot of cars that, with his influence, just like you have the Buddy Hale of our time, you had Scott Gildner from back then who had his specific style that you would see on these cars that were built. So now I look at the car, and I think, to me, it gives it extra collectability value. And then I think it's the same with your bus, right? Like with, with that bus, like I don't know if you'd ever even want to sell that bus. Yeah, you know what I mean? probably it's like, not. Yeah, it's, but it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you, you have a car, it's like you didn't really have to do much to it. You get in, you drive it. If it's got a reliable drivetrain in it, man, it's just one of your, your go-tos. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, that, so, that, that's exactly what that bus is. It's fun to drive. It's, you know, you don't, you don't worry too much about it, you know, and it's a reliable drivetrain. I, I would get it. That's probably the bus that I'll drive to Florida with you. And what's, what's the drivetrain in that bus? Uh, Scott Garvey, one of my good friends, uh, built a, a 2387 for it. Um, and so it's, uh, that little, that little sucker will scoot. So it's got, you know, built trans 2387. Um, you know, it's got wagons West suspension under it. And, um, and so that, that, that whole thing is dialed in. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm stoked because next year I'll be taking the no longer bull run bus. My now back to red and black bus. And we did, I did a roof section in it and I'm waiting. My, my brother's finishing paint on that right now. But you, by you, next year, what'd you put in there? You put a uh, like a rack top in it. Oh, we did. We put a we put I put a Wolfsburg a Wolfsburg West roof and uh, the the skylights and the rag top in it. So now my thirteen is a twenty one. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm and I'm redoing the back half of the interior. Well, redoing the whole interior, but I'm doing it where it will be my mobile podcast setup. So kind of a camping style interior, but more loungy looking for oh, like yeah. you know. Rolling into a show because when I did my podcast with R.K. Smith, you know my buddy had his camper down there. And I'm like, bro, can we set up in your camper and do it? And it was so cool because people come by and like stand in front of the camper and watch for like five or two minutes while I was sitting there, you know, interviewing R.K. And I thought, yeah, bro, if my bus had camper style interior, then I thought when we decided to do the ragtop section, you know, oh, yeah. I thought, well it's time to refresh this bus and give it a new lease on life. So now instead of the bull run bus, it'll now be known as the let's talk dubs podcast bus. That's cool. You know what I mean? So absolutely next year, next year I'll be, I'll be buzzing that dude down there. So I'm excited to get that interior right now. I'm trying to come up with uh, interior ideas 
I just picked up a rock and roll bed because, <laughs> like, you want that bus. Buses are like the Swiss Army yeah. Volkswagen. Yeah, you know, it's it's a car. It's a it's a camper. It it could be a studio, a hauler, or whatever. And so now I just snatched up. You know, like you don't need it. I'm on Facebook Marketplace, and my buddy my buddy posts up a rock and roll bed, like the new style rock and roll yeah. bed frames. And I'm like, hey, bro, I'll take that because in case I decide to go to buses by the bridge and I want to take the yeah, I want to take that bus, slap some curtains up on the inside, lay the bed down, and have a little camp set up. You know, so uh, yeah, you gotta yeah, have I'm, some work I'm, sleep, man. Well, I'm just, but I, I want it to, I want it to be cool and, and flow and, and look kind of cool. So, you know, the little table I'm putting in there for the podcast table will be a, a little mini poker table, you know, playing on the Vegas theme right? and a, a little let's talk dubs logo on it. So I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty hyped for that thing to get going. But, uh, sometimes we, you stack too many projects up, man. It's like, that, that's the next two weeks, man, is me like digging into projects at home, getting stuff running, getting stuff yeah. dialed in. You know, because hopefully this next year with the show circuit, uh, which, by the way, you are you bringing anything out to the Grand National Roadster Show? Yeah, you know what, man? We're uh, we're bringing that. They invited uh, the Schwimmwagon, uh, the Fridolin, and uh, and we're taking the Headmuller out there. So we'll have we'll have three cars out there. No, oh, that's good, man. That's a, that, well. I, listen, I, they invited the red the Rag Chop out there. So, really. Uh, the red chop is going to be out there and uh, let's talk dubs is going to be out there as well. That's and, awesome. Uh, buddy and I, buddy's going to have a booth indoors. He's yeah. got a space like 20 by 20. He's like, bro, I don't need all that space. If you want to set the podcast studio up in the booth too, I'm like, hey, yep. Looks like we're going to do that too. So that's awesome. We'll be, man. Uh, yeah. I'll we'll be, be there. Doing man. Some, yeah. We'll be doing some live streaming. So I might grab you and throw you on the mic and it'll be, it'll be live on YouTube when we're out there just to bring it to a lot of people that, aren't able to get out there, but I'm excited to see our hobby now reach the pinnacle of like the grand national roadster show. The Volkswagen is now the feature vehicle. And I think after this, when one of these major marquee shows like this puts Volkswagen in that kind of spotlight, plus the guys in our age group are the guys that are building cars and having cars and, and they're yeah. in life where they want to have stuff. So I think we're going to see, well, you know no. what? That's kind of um, you know, I, I've seen that. Now, you know, you know, California has always had, you know, what I mean, the you know the the you know Chip Foose and like all the all the the TV shows out there. And Texas kind of had a boom, you know, probably in the last ten years with Gas Monkey and and all of that kind of stuff. And we we've had a good time, man. We've we've built uh, uh, me and a couple of guys have built three cars, two cars on Gas Monkey and. Um, and then one on uh, uh, Iron Resurrection, which is the Martin Brothers. Uh, we built that uh, Carmen Ghia van. But Volkswagens are getting some—they're getting some love, man. You know what I mean on the main stage. They are, and uh, yeah. it's really exciting, man. Because uh, you know, I mean, prior to that, you know what I mean? They didn't get any, you know. And and um, uh, Aaron Kaufman was—he uh, was instrumental. Uh, he's the bearded guy on on, uh, on Gas Monkey, and there he was. And um, he was instrumental in uh, in doing the, uh, the the short bus uh, that we did on that show, and then and then that little uh, original paint white beetle uh, uh, that we did on that show, and and uh, it was just really cool, man. I mean, they were just enamored, you know, to meet being American muscle car guys, just enamored with the Volkswagen, and you know, he got that thing in there and didn't know what to do with it, and so you know, that's where that's where we got introduced. But it was really cool uh, to see, you know, what I mean, the Volkswagen getting the limelight. You know what I mean for for once. Now, now let me ask this question. So, 
Uh, there's a there's a guy right now. Beard stretcher is going to lose his mic, so I'm bring up the Bull Run bus again. A lot of people don't know if you didn't see the TV show Bull Run that we were on back in the day. Yeah, Aaron Kaufman, who's in Gas Monkey Garage, he was the Black Magic detail guy. In Are Bull you Run. serious, man? You know what? I heard so, that somewhere. So when I met, and so like, if you ever want to see what Aaron looks like without a beard, yeah, you just Google Black Magic Bull Run commercial. And Aaron's the guy, like he's babyface, bro. GQ babyface, dude. And I met Aaron, on, so he was the Black Magic detail guy, or he he was basically <clears throat> he was because of Richard's connection with doing stuff for, on Bull Run, the actual rally. Yeah, uh, Aaron got brought on to to assist with the show, and they they had him be the Black Magic detail guy, and he kind of hung out with some of the the flag girls or whatever yeah. the case was. But uh, he was always the guy at the end when they're like, "Oh, so you won the, so you won this challenge, man. How's it feel?" And let me get your black magic detail. <laughs> a little behind the scenes, the black magic detail was Aaron would wash one wheel on the car and then roll out. It's so, just uh, done. Yeah, so Aaron, Aaron has some experience at Volkswagens, at least being around Volkswagens from that TV show that we were on for three weeks. That's and funny, And then man. he gets, you know, I remember him telling me the story. He's like, "Yeah, I work." You know, we work back in uh, Dallas with uh, this guy, Richard, and he's kind of crazy, and we build all kinds of cool cars and whatever, and we yeah. just buy and sell and flip cars. And, you know, like that first building that they were in the TV show, you know, little tiny building. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's about a mile in, from know. my office. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so t- did, tiny little deal, man. It's crazy where these, uh, you know, where these shows and these little, uh, you know what I mean, these little shops come from, you know, but they come from nothing, you know. And Well, uh, and it's... It, and it's the evolution of like the the reality TV show. Uh-huh. You know, it's like it starts with something small, and then if you've got a decent recipe, and people will say what they like, but people say what they want. But if if you look at the dynamic of Gas Monkey, the dynamic works because you have Aaron and Richard, and oh, you yeah. have two different personalities, and that's the dynamic that makes the show. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And when you change the dynamic, the, the show changes a bit. Yep. But, you know, when you get the right dynamic, it's like I, I do Pawn Stars. Well, yeah. I used to do some Pawn Star stuff. And the amount of shirts that those guys sell, it's like the, I don't think there could be any car guy, the best dream he could have yeah. would be like he somehow gets famous for building cars and he sells enough T-shirts to just keep building cars. You know what I mean? And it's like it, it, it's just insanity. But it, it happens to be like uh, – and, and I used to think this when I was a kid in high school. I used to think like, man, you know, I think everybody, you know, I used to think like, well, everybody sees, uh, you know, these teen idol guys and they think they're super cute. But I think the reality is, you know, there's a certain percentage of people that are going to think they're cute, but you get them national exposure and there's a lot of people that like them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I thought it's the same thing with the the reality TV shows. You get a little car shop that gets national exposure. Next thing you know, they're inundated with work. And they just can't keep up with it. And it's because of, you know, with Pawn Stars, for example. I mean, those guys sell 300 T-shirts a day. Oh, I know. You know gas I mean, gas monkeys are the same way, man. You go by there yeah. and there's just, there's a line out the door. You know what I mean? Every day, people just sit yeah. there buying, buying merchandise, you know? And and it's and it's cool if, if that stuff can support the hobby and stuff. I still think we have yet to... I think there's a there's a, there's an itch to be scratched with a Volkswagen show, and I think the oh, I think the so VW too. the VW by itself has enough content variety to really make a good show um, 
about Volkswagens. The hard part is like, I think car people are just kind of worn out with seeing yeah. the typical black shirt posse. Yeah. And the, you know, you got the, you got their typical characters, the rager, the deadline that, you know, you got yeah. all these things yeah. that are all the same. And are we going to make it to auction? The customers come in like what? Right. But there's, there's something to be said about, I did a podcast a while back with Steve Strope from Pure Vision uh, in Southern California, and he builds like phenomenal mega mega cars for SEMA and stuff like that. And the guy's a great pro touring car builder, but he had a VW connection. But his show that he does, Hand Built Hot Rods, yeah, is it, it's such a great show because it's just about the cars and building the cars. It's not about phony deadlines and made up drama and all this kind of stuff. And to some people, like to us car guys, like the hardcore car guys, we love that show. Yeah. But I think to the masses, to the average person watching it, you know, they're not like the average housewife's not going to think like, oh, this is a fun show. You know right. Because I mean? there's great personalities and all this kind of stuff. So so there's that's the struggle. Like there's a mix in there because I, I talked to one of the producers of one of these shows and they hit me up and kind of gave me the green light and said, man, if you come up with a good idea for a show, let me know. Let's put together a sizzle reel and see if we could sell it. Yeah. And uh, I've done a I've done a sizzle reel before for something just to try to get something going. And I just wish I had the the content from the sizzle, the sizzle reel because it would it would just be something I could roast on all day because it was super funny. That's funny. but just trying to find that recipe of what would make. A, a VW show be because we're kind of we're kind of selfish VW guys like we want a VW show like a good quality VW show absolutely and, and how do you get something like that that appeals to everybody even non Volkswagen people so right. who knows who knows any good ideas come up there you know we'll we'll, uh, we'll see we can't mash one around and, and see what you can do but uh, it's hard it's hard in the car show market because even some of the big shows that you see that you would think would be big shows. They're not like, I mean, the guy, they don't make Pawn Stars money, and Pawn Stars money is like, it's pretty good money. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. Don't, you know, you're talking to the free cast member right here, but, <laughs> you know, the reality is on that show compared to the shows on Velocity, there's a huge difference in what they get. And the challenge with those shows is it's a grind because you got somebody on the phone calling to get parts and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that people don't see that make it less fun than the, 30 minutes on TV. And as you know, cause you filmed an episode, you know, you're there for nine hours for being on yeah. TV for two minutes. Yeah. You know and, I mean? Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know that I would ever, you know, that I would ever, uh, you know, I had my fill. We did, uh, we did two real in depth builds and, uh, I don't know that I'd want to do that day in and day out. It's, uh, people, that's a, that's a pe- tough yeah. People following you around. Hey, uh, say that again. Hey, do that again. Hey, uh, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it's a, I'd rather just build a car, you know, but it was, it was yeah. a fun chapter. We had a good time doing it and, um, it was a fun chapter. I'm a, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, you know, by nature. And, uh, I love to see the inner workings and how that stuff works and how these production companies work and how it works behind the scenes and how the business works. And, and so I had a lot of fun doing it, but, um, I don't think I'd want to do it every day. No, it's real. It's real top heavy in the beginning. And if you don't sell it, it's a bad investment. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. when you look around, you see all those people standing around, everybody's getting paid and it's a lot of people for oh, yeah. like a, a little snippet of something. And what's happened in that business model, you know, now you're competing with guys on YouTube. Oh, you yeah. have an iPhone 
and yep. access to the world. And now all of a sudden there's something about their videos that get a million views a day. And all of a sudden, and I'll be honest you know, with you, man, I think that's, that's the future. I mean, I think that's the new frontier. I don't, I mean, I know me personally, um, yeah, I don't watch as much TV as I used to, you know, I don't, I don't, I probably watch YouTube more, you know what I mean? Than I do, than I do these TV shows. A hundred percent. You know, I was, yeah. I was watching something the other day. I got, I cut cable. I cut my satellite like a year and a half ago and switched yeah. to like sling or something like that. Cause most stuff I was getting, I was just streaming anyway. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, there's no reason for me to continue paying, you know, the cable bill or the satellite bill of 120 bucks a month. So I switched it. And what I realized is that my DVR made me feel obligated to watch TV. Yeah, absolutely. I sit down, I hit the DVR. I'm like, bro, I got to watch all these car shows yeah. now. Yeah. Like my DVR is getting full. And now it's like everything is everything is is a click away and you can access it. So I, I think you're right. You know, and we're, we're coming out, you know, Let's Talk Dubs is coming out with more video content uh, weekly. You know, we're putting out stuff. Now I'm starting, I'm starting to do live streams and things like that. So... I love it. Um, we're going to start doing a build on that on that uh, giveaway bug. Hopefully, this next year coming up. But that's cool. I got a lot. We got a lot of things in the in the works, and so. But I want to get back to your story. So we're yeah. gonna get a little off topic, but everybody's gonna be fine with that. So you have you've got the the Wolfsburg bus, the fifty five that you picked up from Nate, and then you start going because you're not a vintage guy, right? I mean, you you always more of a semi custom guy, but now you've started to dabble in kind of the vintage world. Yeah. You know what, man? I, um, you know, you kind of have to keep reinventing, you know, my, my, my first goal when I, when I got back into this, I'm a little bit extreme and I, I wanted one of every model is, was my, was, right. was my big thing. And, and, um, and so that was, that was my goal. And I was, and they were all, most of them were custom. I had a few, uh, stock cars, um, you know, a couple of original examples and stuff like that, but most of it was custom. And, um, and I, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the older you get, the more the more you're exposed to, you know what I mean, good quality cars and stuff like that. You know, I, I went out to Hessich Olendorf, Oldendorf, I guess is how you say it. Uh, yeah. I went to Bad Camberg. Bad Camberg is actually the first one I went to. And, uh, and then I went out to Hessich. And, and uh, um, my first trip to Europe um, was when I went over to get uh, my Fridlin. And um, in the Fridlin, that was, that was a crazy uh, crazy trip, but uh, now the the Fridlin you debuted in what year? Because that's been in hot VWs as well. Yeah, man, the Fridlin. Uh, I've probably been done with that's, that car five years, and so I was probably 13, 14, 14 15. Yeah, maybe fourteen, yeah. fifteen, something like that, out there to pick that car up. Well, was that the that that was the first that was the first DKP that they moved after the classic was canceled? Was it the first DKP they did on Main Street, right? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, Town Orange Grove. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yep, and yeah. we did we did it at the fairgrounds, I think. Um, uh, the classic, uh, whenever it was, uh, whenever we debuted that car. Um, but you know, that car I had been looking for, I had been looking for a Fridlin for, I mean, three years. Um, I'd been looking for that car. I mean, my, my morning routines would be, I'd get up and I'd scavenge the Samba. I'd look on eBay. I'd look, you know, everywhere that you go to look for, for cars. And, um, and, uh, lo and behold, I'll never forget. It was a, it was a Monday morning, um, and I was up and, and that car popped up on, I think it was on the Samba. And, um, and I was looking at it and I was like, no way there's a Fridlin. And it was a, it was a, uh, it was a Swiss Fridlin also not, you know, the one with the rear corner glass and everything. And, um, and so I'd been looking for this thing for three years and, uh, I, I was like, where is this thing? And I looked at it and it, uh, it said Prague 
U. Pro, pro, Prague U. Where the hell's Prague U? Holy crap, that's in the Czech Republic. And um, and so I called the guy, and he sounded legit. But I mean, you know, who buys cars from Prague? You know, <laughs> seems and legit. It's seems Prague, legit. right? They're honest, dude. And so I called. <laughs> what was funny, man, is I called everybody that I knew. That I called Randy Carlson. He was my first call, and I was like, Hey, Randy, you ever buy anything from you know from uh, Eastern Europe like that? And Randy's like, No way, dude. Like maybe England, Germany, but dude, that's not even a real car. You know what I mean? Like you you can't just send yeah. money. You can't just send money over there for this thing. And, um, it was funny, funny. Uh, I talked to him on Monday. Um, and then by Tuesday he, he told me it was already sold that he had a guy coming up from Germany uh, to buy it. And so I was like, well, if I'm there before him, um, with money, can I have it? And he was like, dude, whoever gets here first is going to get the car. And I would ask him what's funny is, you know, here in Texas, you know, I drive 40 miles to work each way, you know, and it's no big deal. Uh, this guy wouldn't even drive 20 miles to go take more pictures of the car for me because he was like, he, he just treated me like I was nuts. You know what I mean? In Europe, they don't drive like that. And, um, and so long story short, man, we, uh, um, it's always easier with my wife to ask for forgiveness than permission. And, um, <laughs> and so we'd been planning a cruise that summer. And so I used that as my cover and I called her and I said, Hey, uh, we need to check on our passports. Our passport's still good. You know, we're planning on doing that cruise, blah, blah, blah. I get her to check my passport out, and she goes and looks at it. Yeah, it's still good. So I grabbed it that night. Uh, I drove to Houston International Airport. Um, I called my buddy who's from uh, Ukraine, uh, Constantine. I think you've met him. And um, Kostya, I said, hey, dude, you want to go to Prague? And he's like, man, I've always wanted to go. Cool, you want to go tomorrow? And he's like, dude, you're kidding me, man. And, uh, and so anyway, I just I bombed out. We got Amex points, paid for the airfare. Um that car was, you know, it was, yeah, I'll share it with you. It was 30 grand. You're not supposed to travel with more than 10. Uh, I couldn't do an uh, international wire because you got to have to have a, uh, an intermediary bank. Five day clearance. Yeah, all it's that like a whole and, deal. And so I called the guys like, well, you take us dollars. And he's like, yeah, everybody takes us dollars. And so I went and got it out of the bank and, and, uh, and what's crazy, man, looking at it now, uh, instead of me just being the illegal one traveling with that much money, we put 15 grand in, in Constantine's <laughs> pocket. Yeah, 15 in my pocket. So now we're both, you know, traveling illegally. And, and, uh, we flew all night. We, uh, we landed in Paris. I'll never forget. We landed in Paris and I checked in on Facebook in uh, Paris, France. And my wife, my wife texted me. Oh, she's she's like, here. you better be in Paris, Texas. <laughs> and, uh, we were sitting in Paris, France, man, on a, uh, that was on Thursday. We puddle jumped over to Prague. Um, you know, this guy, I didn't know if he was going to take us out into a field and like, you know, shoot us and you know what I mean? Take our cash. And, but lo and behold, the Fridlin was there. We counted down the cash and he just tossed us the keys, man. And so now we've got a, uh, we've got a Fridlin. We're sitting in the Czech Republic and we're like, all right, what do we do with it now? And, um, and so we got on the, in, in this thing, we drove it across, uh, Germany on the Autobahn and we went to Stuttgart. We went to the uh, Mercedes Museum. We went to the Porsche Museum. We went to uh, Wolfsburg and uh, ran through the Volkswagen Museum. Then we took it to uh, to the port of Emden, which is up in North Germany, one of the ports up there, and put it on a container. And then uh, a good friend of mine, John Deachman, um, introduced me to Christian Grunman. Have you ever heard of him? Oh, yeah, I know Christian. Yeah, he's a big deal. And, uh, um, he he's a big deal. He's so, the guy. Yeah, up there he's, in he, Germany. You, you, you know, you get, you get kind of built up in your own head, you know, you're pretty cool or whatever. And you go over there and you meet Christian and you're like, all right, dude, I'm nothing. Uh, and, I'm going to uh, tell you my Christian, I'm going to give you my Christian Grinman story real quick. Go ahead. My buddy calls me and he says, Hey man, those German guys are coming to my shop. Um, 
you know, they're pretty big collectors from Germany, whatever. I was like, oh, I'll mob down there in the Gia. They might be in the market for a Type 34 Gia. And those are the guys that can afford it if I'm going to sell it. So I roll down there and I see Christian and Christian comes out. He's searching through my buddy's wrecking yard. So he comes out, you know, dirt in his fingernails, just all grubby and everything like this. He's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, this is your Type 34? I'm like, oh, yeah, this old bucket of bolts. He's like, ah. Oh. I have the prototype convertible. I'm yeah. like, all right, well, I, I guess my 65, I guess my 65 Type 34 is not so rare to this cat. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, dude. It's just, it's, it's it's so a, funny because no balloon his, popped. Yeah, his place is uh, his place is insane. And so, but on that trip, uh, we bombed out to his place, and uh, he he took us in. It was like, dude, it was like nine o'clock on Sunday night that we showed up at his place. I think. And, um, we hung out with him, dude. He's got it. He's got a McDonald's. He bought the interior of a McDonald's and set it up in his yeah. shop. And so I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm in Germany sitting in a McDonald's, you know, where's the irony in that. Right. And so, right. And right. so I'm sitting there and we're drinking beer in, in Christian shop. And that's, that's probably when I came back from that trip, you know, we, uh, we arrived on a Thursday in Europe. We were back in the States by Monday night. And, um, and, uh, had a Fridlin on the boat, but, but that trip exposed me just to a whole nother level of collectability. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, here I am like, you know, just, you know, I was, I was, you know, pouring obscene amounts of money into, you know, 64 convertible cool car, you know what I mean? But, but, uh, not worth anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I just, it just, that, that trip exposed me to something else and, and, uh, and when I was there, you know, Christian, I mean, yeah, he's got prototype swim wagon, prototype Kubel wagon, roll top, you know, the, the roll top, uh, beetle. He's got, he's got, you know, a Dan and Howard Stoss sitting over here. He's got a Denzel sitting over there. He's got, you know, six, uh, how do they say it? Uh, a Romish or whatever. Um, yeah. The Romish. Yeah. The beast gals yeah. And, dude. He's, yeah. he's got six or seven of those things sitting over Lawrence. there. He's got, and so that, you know, that really kind of, kind of lit a new fire you know what I mean? In me, uh, during that, that trip. And, and I told Christian when I was there, um, I told him, I told him I wanted a, uh, swim wagon and I told him I wanted a, uh, a head Mueller. Um, and, uh, and that was about probably two or three years before, before I ever got those cars. But, but I told him that I wanted those things and Christian, Christian's got like a little filing system in his, in his brain, man. And, um, and when he found one, he remembered me and he, and he hit me up and, you know, I think a lot of it is just, you know, I'm that crazy Texan that, that, um, you know what I mean? With, with one day's notice flew to Prague and drove, drove a Fridlin out of, out of the Czech Republic. You don't forget that kind of stuff, you know? Right. And, um, and so I think that, you know, he just kind of, he just, he just thought I was, these guys won't drive 20 miles, you know what I mean? To go, uh, right. you know what I mean? To go take pictures of cars and here we, we were that crazy to do that, that thing, you know? And, and, um, and so that, that introduced me just to a new world. And, um, and a few years later, he helped me get the cars out of Germany that, that, uh, you know, the head Mueller, uh, the 47 CCG beetle, um, the, the 50 Cabriolet, the Schwimmwagen. uh, I've gotten a handful of cars, um, out of Europe, uh, thanks to Christian and, and, uh, and it was that trip, you know what I mean? That really kind of, kind of changed it really changed my collection. You know what I mean? I, I say it changed it. I've never really sold anything. I've got like 60 Volkswagen sitting around here, so I need to start selling some stuff. But, <laughs> but the stuff that I'm focused on right now is, is just that, that oddball, crazy rare stuff. You know what I mean? The stuff that you can, you can, you can put buddy hell type money into that car 
and it but it's an investor grade car. It's good. You know right. what I mean? It's right. it's it'll handle it. It'll hold it. You know what I mean? It'll keep its so, value. So there's the big question. So let me get this right. There's a Heb Mueller that you've been seen in. Yeah, that's red and black. Yeah. Is that separate? Is that a different Heb than the Heb that's at Buddy Shop? No, that's the same Heb. That's a that's so, a that's a pretty cool story. But uh, yeah, it's the same Heb. Well, and so that's why that's what I was going to ask you. So when that Heb goes back together, it's going to be a resto mod Heb or it's going to be a stalker. Um, we're going to have some fun with it. We're going to do both. You'll be able to re- you'll be able to put it right back to stock if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, and so that car, so the Heb Mueller. Um, well, to finish up on the Frid, we brought the Frid yeah. back. We we brought the Frid back. Um. Uh, it was an ugly blue. It'd been painted. It was a. Uh, it went from being a postal vehicle uh, to being a uh, like a. It was like on the uh, on the docks, you know, on a shipyard or something, and it was like painted this hideous blue. And and Buddy took him and built that car, and um um and then we we debuted that car. Pretty cool. You've seen that one, right? That's the. Yeah. That's the one that's super industrial looking. Um, yeah. It's, and so my question is, when you bought that car, and yeah. you paid. 30 grand for a head because how much do you pay for a head when they're not around? Right. For, uh, and then how, yeah, how Fridlin. rusty was it? I mean, the, I'm sorry, the Fridlin, the Fridlin, how, man, how rusty was it when you got it back? You know what, man, the Fridlin wasn't Cause, bad. Cause, cause, cause I'm prefacing this with like, you fly to freaking Prague, bro. There's no turning back. I drove, I flew yeah. to Texas and I was committed to a $5,000 purchase. I'm yeah. like, my, my wife's like, how, you didn't really inspect it. I'm like, what am I going to do? I just came here to buy it. Like I'm buying it. Cause it's this ridiculous limousine. Like I don't need it. No one needs right. this, but I'm just like, for me, it's, it's, it's almost, there's something to do with the adventure. Yeah. With it. You know what I mean? That's, also, that's, that's the drug for me. You just hit the nail on the head. It's, it's the adventure. It's the adventure. It's all about adventure. Every one of my cars has an adventure story tied to it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. It's, you know, that's probably the most radical one, you know, where, where, uh, where I did the craziest stuff to get that car. Uh, but it was the adventure of going over there and, and getting that car and, uh, without, without the permission from the, from the wife and, and, uh, you know <laughs> what I mean? A bold move, yeah, Batman. Dude, and, and, and surviving <laughs> it. I live to tell the story, you know? And, uh, but that was that, that's it, man. It's the adventure for me. And, um, but it's, you know, I like the builds too. I, d- I don't like them as much when they're done. And I think that, you know, the way that you wind up with as many cars as I have is, is because you get bored when they're done. You know what I mean? It's the adventure of getting the car, finding the car, you know what I mean? Getting the deal done, getting it back. You know what I mean? Building the car. Yeah. It, it's, it's sometimes the thrill of the hunt. Yeah, you know what I mean? Totally. It, I remember when my gear was done and the split was being built, it, it's still being built. Um, but when, when am I going to get into all that? But, but you know, it's like when, when I finish the type 34 and I'm working on the split, but I know the split's going to be custom and it's like, well, I don't need anything. Yeah. I'm walking through the swap me with no desire. Cause I'm not looking for anything. Right. And, and I, and I miss that going through the swap meet, like, Oh, I got to find one of these. I got, I heard that there's a guy that's got this, this or this over there, you know, but it's like, mm-hmm when when that when that hunt is gone it's kind of like it takes it, it it's not fun and that's so right. that's that's the reason for the constant pursuit of something 
something new and unique that has its own character because I think you know just like just like you with you got you got quite a big collection but each car has its own character to it you know the, the hood right. is a different vibe than driving the 55 bus and yeah. then you're and then and then I'm sure your 50 your 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 54 ragtop or your 55 ragtop was it 55 the yeah the 55 on gas burner yeah that car's got a different you got a different connection with that car that's right you know what i mean so so there's like there's it it it's almost like kids it seems ridiculous to say but it's almost like you know you love them all the same but there's a different vibe for each one yeah you know absolutely I mean? and, and they've all got their own personality and and uh i don't think you got a type 34 do you i do I've got that. I've got that little. I've got that little black sunroof type thirty four. That uh, is it a stalker? Because I'm looking. Because when uh, I typed in, I just typed in your name and searched Elliot Vansill, and I put in uh, VW. There's there's one. There's there's a picture from the VW Classic of a black one lowered on Cosmics. Yeah, that's it. And I wonder where he got that idea. Oh, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) And I I was telling that there's a there's a guy. I was there's a guy that was uh, Craig. Craig, uh, type 34, I think his name is yeah. Craig, Craig something. Right. And he's in England. And I think he, I think he lays claim to starting the cosmic fad oh, yeah. on the, uh, on the type 34s. And I went through his Instagram and he came out in 2013, which is, uh, you know, five, four years yeah, later dude. than when I came out with my car in 2009, that was built in 2008. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. you're rocking cosmics long before the, uh, bro, and, and the funny part is the only reason I bought the Cosmics, I did not like them. I thought, man, those wheels are boring. Yeah. Like, boring. The only reason I bought them, there's a kid in town, this kid, Hefe, uh, that we know, and he had he was always running these stinking wheels. And I'm like, bro, them freaking wheels are ugly, dude. Like, blah. But when I got the Type 34, I'm like, now I need to find a rare set of wheels that will right. set that car off. And I had to buy his '67 Bug for like uh, thirty five hundred bucks to get the wheels, just to get the wheels. And he knew <laughs> I was buying it for the wheels, like. But I bought them, and those wheels look so th- like those wheels fit that car. Yeah, yeah, that was the car, like, man, for sure. Yeah, they just make it look. So this black one on the Cosmics is yours. Like, you got good taste. I was just eyeballing this car, thinking like, ah, oh, this is pretty good over there. I like this. Yep. That was and, uh, that was David Ho's first type thirty four. Um, David Ho's got that oh, blue really? one that Buddy built. Uh, yep. David sold me that car because he was building the uh, the blue one over at Buddy's. Um, and so yeah, that's where I got. So that was this car. a complete one? Uh, that was he had it up at stock height whenever I got it from him on White Walls. Uh, Lenny Cop uh, uh, built that car I think back in the day, or some part of it was had to do with his shop or something, but. Um, but uh, yeah, David David had that car, and he he saw the brown convertible uh, that was built because your top thirty four, and uh, and that that's what that's what inspired him to build the uh, the blue top for thirty four. Well, yeah, because I remember when my car came out, like two months later, he he tracked me down via email, and he's yeah. like, "Hey, I don't know if this is the same bill, but you know, I've got a type thirty four. He gives me the whole story on it, and I said, "Well, this," I said, because his car was trapped in a shop, not getting built for yep. ten years. Yep. And I said, "Well, if you want to get it done, buddy, will get it done. It ain't going to be cheap, but it'll hey, be dude, done." Hey, dude, 
I already got commission on that one. Are you trying to get some commission on that one? Like, what, what, <laughs> bro, all I can tell you is the truth, bro. That's all I can tell you. But just now the facts, driving Bill, this, just the facts. Now driving this thirty four. Tell me, tell me, it's not one of the coolest Volkswagens to drive. Oh, dude, it's like driving the Batmobile, man. That is the coolest right? car. That thing's like a little sled too, man. Look how low that thing is to the ground. It is. It the, is um, on the ground, bro. You know what's cool about a 34, though, man, is you can run it that low to the ground, and really, if you know how to drive, you're not really banging stuff up. Like, the way that the no, nose they, they're, sweeps under. Yeah, they're pretty They're pretty tight. I mean, they're pretty tight uh, to do. Yeah. And, I, you know, the more I look at this car, the more I just, like, the Cosmics just fit the body line of the Type 34. Yeah. When, I went to, when I went to Europe in, in 14 to the European, uh, not Europe, to the Volks World Super Show, yeah and then i went again i think it was i went 14 with the wife and then that gave me like you did with your uh car in Prague. i grabbed a ticket with with uh i grabbed a ticket with some miles on an amex and i and i took off to uh european bugging for a weekend nice. like a long weekend like four five four days i was in europe yeah and uh sounds like one of my trips like yeah yeah I, I flew up there just to go to european bugging and i just took pictures of like eight type 34 gears and six of the eight were on the cosmic repos. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I just think it just, that wheel just fits that car so good. Cause I've got another one on building and, um, I just can't figure out the right wheel to put on it because I really want to, it's a, it's a tough car to put the right wheels on. Yeah, Cause you can really do is. Fuchs and, and, and I, and I hate to say this cause I, I love, I love Fuchs, but something about Fuchs that just make it, kind of blend in yeah it's just so many cars have them you know what i mean is the uh is the deal and i love them too you know what i mean i mean there's nothing better yeah than, yeah than a, than a good classic well, but, but everything all the rare fukes all the rare fukes are owned by volkswagen guys yeah i know <laughs> you're, you're yeah you're, you're exactly right about that uh that so, that may be my best investment actually uh is is the, fukes the type 34 the fuchs that oh, i yeah. have <laughs> so oh without question without question i mean those listen when it comes time to 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 cash in, man. Those are going to be those are going to be all those are all the money right there. Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. And on, I'm sure if you bought the Type 34 back when he started, when he was having Buddy build that car, I built it. Right, I don't care. Yeah, I bought it right before, um, right before Buddy, before he put that thing in Buddy's shop. So I know that you're sitting good on that car because I don't care oh, what yeah. it sold for. If I had, if I had to guess what it sold for, I'm saying you probably bought that car between if you paid between 15 and 20 on that car i think you're you're uh because this was this would have been what this has been a few years ago when you bought that yeah it's probably 2014 13 14 huh yeah so Something that car because like these because one of the things about when i sold mine is it established in the marketplace what i believe is an undervalued car yeah absolutely yeah you know all all type threes are i love type threes and uh and they're they're all undervalued in my opinion. They're they're the they're the best driving cars of you know what I mean of, of any of the old Volkswagens. And uh Oh yeah. I love my squarebacks, man. There's nothing better than my squarebacks. And um Yeah. If I grab the keys to something and just want to run to Sonic, you know what I mean, with the kids, uh, I'm always in a squareback, you know? And um the top threes are so undervalued. Yeah. Well, they're start they're starting to push right now. I mean, notchbacks are getting hard to buy. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you want to notch squarebacks, squarebacks are out there. But you know, interestingly enough, I think the Type Threes are also. I think you can find 
a good amount of Beetles and a good amount of late model Type Threes with really low mileage on them. Absolutely. Have you seen, seen the? Uh, have you seen the tan? Um, the tan. It's a 60, 68 um, Type Three that I have. That that uh, I think it's got like twenty five thousand miles on it. No, it's uh, fifteen thousand miles on it. Um, and I mean, dude, it looks like it literally just rolled off the showroom floor. I mean, every, what type three is it? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, that one's a square back. And, uh, wow. yeah, I'm proud of that one. I, I beat Richard Rollins out for that one. He was trying to buy that car too. And, oh, uh, did you? oh yeah. Yeah. The guy that, uh, the guy that came out of Indiana and it was on eBay and the guy posted hideous pictures of it. Uh, but I could tell that it, you know, the mat in the back, uh, behind the back yep. seat, the, the mat was, uh-huh. the mat was brown. And so I knew that it was original uh, because of that mat. And, uh, you know what I mean, it wasn't repopped and all that kind of good stuff. But the pictures were, yeah. were hideous. I mean, if you if you didn't know what you were looking for, you know what I mean, it had the original dash in it, I could tell. And, and Did you uh, put wheels on it? I hadn't done anything to that one. And um, So it's a bone stock. That one's bone stock. Only thing I've done to it is uh, I put C-quartz on it, the, uh, you know, the, the hard, clear stuff to kind of protect the original paint, and that's it. And... Um, but, uh, yeah, the guy, his dad was a doctor, and um, uh, his, his dad wouldn't drive it in the rain. He'd make his son come pick him up and take him to the office. Uh, his, son, his son said nobody ever rode in the passenger seat. And, um, and so it just tells you how perfect that car, that car was. Wow. And, uh, and I put this major guilt trip on this guy. for. I was, I was like, your dad was that passionate about that car, and you're about to sell it to Richard Rollins. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you can't do that to your dad, you know, and just put this – crazy I said, all, all he's to gonna a do is collector yeah he's gonna run it across the auctions all he's gonna do is make a little money off of you man you got to bring this thing home and put it in my collection and uh and he sold it to me man and so that yeah that one's super cool man but but dude that car is immaculate as it was i think i paid like 11 grand for that car 12 grand something like that for that car and yeah uh, and, and you couldn't build you couldn't restore it for that money absolutely not you know what i mean absolutely not but i've got i've got an original paint uh Type three fastback that's that's not as nice as that one, but close. I've got another squareback that's a '68. Uh, I've got two notchbacks, um, uh, two sunroof notchbacks, and uh, and all of them were undervalued. You know what I mean? I can't believe you know the quality of a car that you can get in a Type three when you go c- yeah. compare it to a bus or compare it to you know anything else. You know the, the Volkswagen. Well, you and I are both bigger guys. You yep. know what I mean? Like we're I resemble, I resemble that comment. Yep. <laughs> I mean, bodybuilders, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, absolutely, man. Strong but, man. But it's like the the Type 3 being wider really makes it feel – I always say to people, Type 3 is like a real car. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And it just It's more roomy. The seat's way more – I mean, I was driving my square back. I've got a square back too, and I was driving my square back the other day. And uh, I, I've, I've, it's got – the motor that's in it's a 1600 that's 25 years old, and it, yep. it's, it's so blown out. Like the car looks super cherry, but the motor's so blown out like – Depending on how it feels when you start it, yeah, uh, it, the flywheel is going to rub on something because it's got so much end play. Yeah, and I and I and I cut the vents under the front bumper and and want to do a subi swap on it, but I'm driving through the day. Other than the power issue I have with it, yeah. I'm thinking, man, if I put a subi or I put a 2200 in the back of this thing, dude, this fix it. This makes it my favorite car because it's just like easy get in and out. It's not an ordeal to drive it. Yeah, it's like. It's comfortable. So don't get me I mean? wrong, man. Don't get me wrong. I'm purist guy. But, man, I saw a squareback with a 2.5 Subi swap in it with a radiator up there where the spare tire is. 
it was hidden. Mm-hmm. It was hidden up underneath there, and they had a little roll, B-roll panel up above that, and uh, rolling four uh, four wheel disc brakes. Dude, you've got a modern car at that point. You, you got a car. Yeah, hundred percent. You can put you know you put vintage air in it or something. You could drive that thing every freaking day. I, I listen. Well, you that's exactly what's going through my squirrel cage with that. I'm thinking. How cool would that be, man? Just to have you a nice little square back, dead of summer, and you're mobbing that thing around, and you're getting on the freeway, and you're just like, no, not a care in the world. Because Dude, and think the, about the this, cars, man. Yeah, most you know these Subi swaps like in a Beetle. That that's atrocious, man. I mean, you pick that deck lit up, and you're looking at it. It looks horrible. You know what I mean? Uh, but Type Threes, they're such a pain to kind of get into. Um, nobody's ever <laughs> looking at the motor. You know what I mean? Nobody like, looks at the motor in type three. in a type three, you know, and you um, don't display it. Yeah. I'm with you on yeah. that, man. I'm with you on that a hundred percent. No. So that, I mean, listen, there's a, there's a lot that, and that's the thing with Volkswagen. I think once you get, even if you're, even if you're a, not a big money rolling guy, if a guy had 20 grand, you could build a collection of Volkswagens. Now they're not going to yeah. be cherry, but you can get your type one, two and a three. You got to be fast on the type twos and you got to buy them in the right, in the right spot. But there, yeah. I still believe there's type twos out there for cheap. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just got to be, you just got to be on it, but you know, it's like you can build you a little collection of, of Volkswagens and, you know, each one of them has their own unique thing. The Dude, only every, cars I'm go ahead. I, the only cars I'm not super into is the Type One Gia because yeah. the door, the way the door comes up over on you, I'm yeah. not a big fan of that. And then you know, I got a little bit of a belly on me. Getting in and out of them cars is like a oh yeah. You might as well just roll out on the ground. Yeah, you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're tiny, man. Um, yeah, they're tiny, but but man, those cars are still out there. Um, Dude, I picked up a, uh, I didn't know what it was when I picked it up. A friend turned me on to it uh, here in Fort Worth, Texas, man. Uh, I picked up a double door um, a swivel seat panel. Uh, do you know what a swivel seat is? Yeah, it's the, the swivel seat where the actual seat spins three six or 180 to face the back. Yeah, so these things only have their walkthroughs. And, um, mm-hmm. and this one was a dry cleaner bus. And um, uh, it's a 61, I think. And uh, basically, you swivel seat around, go through the uh, walk through, and uh, you can go out either side. You know, being being that it's a double door. Uh, but dude, I argued with the guy. It was in a backyard. Uh, this thing has zero rust on it. Just sitting up under an oak tree. I have no idea how it's not it's not more rusty than than uh, it doesn't have any. And um, I went back there, uh, type two. I argued with the guy for like two hours. I was like, dude, where's the passenger seat? I know this thing has a passenger seat, blah, 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 blah. I had no idea what a swivel seat was. They only had one seat, you know? And, right, um, right. and so, um, um, and so anyway, man, found that thing. It was like, it was like five grand. You know what I mean? And so they're still they're out there, out man. There. They're out they there. Dude, are. I found in Mesquite, Texas, which is a little suburb here at Dallas. Um, another buddy of mine called me and said, Hey, there's a car being consigned at an old gas station. It's a 1900 original mile. Uh, early 64 it was a 63 build uh, early 64 beetle man that's perfect set in a garage has 1900 original miles on it and um I, so i mean the stuff is still there it blows my mind um you know what i mean because you think it's all gone but it's it's not man i mean you can still find these things or you know if you're like if you've been around the hobby like i have they find you you know what i mean is, is really yeah. kind of how it uh how it goes and um well yeah, there's a list of you know when I I interviewed uh, Claus Messing, yeah, from the Hebmuller regist- registration. Absolutely, I know, I know him, that podcast. Yeah, I know him well. But yep. If 
if you haven't listened to his podcast, you should listen to that one that we did together. Because, of course, Let's Talk Dubs gets everybody on. All but, uh, yeah, yeah. But when I talk, you know, when, when, when you talk to that guy about, about the cars that are out there and, and what's available. But when I talk to him, I, I'm, I lost my train of thought because I saw someone distract me, but <laughs> let me get back on my train of thought. There's a, and I also did one with um, Lloyd Key, right? Yeah. So I hope you're picking up these names that I keep dropping. Oh, yeah. And Lloyd has the DNS coupe. Yep. And I, we were talking with Lloyd, and I said, you know, when a rare car pops up that's for sale, there's about seven guys that get a phone call. That's right. And it's like, hey, there's a car. Because there's two schools of thought on it. Like, one, the car needs to go to a VW collector because there's nothing worse than seeing a super rare car. Yeah. That belongs to some guy and it's next to his 57 Chevy that he likes more than it or whatever. Like, like not a a hobbyist. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so is so, that... Isn't that crazy, man? That I mean, you're you're so spot on, man. Is that these guys won't even so so Klaus was um, and Christian, they were the two people that found my heb. Uh, uh, heb was in Dusseldorf, uh, Germany, in a collection. Uh, it, it was owned by an auto dealer uh, in a collection with a 1950 cab. Uh, this guy had both cars; they were both painted identically. Uh, the red and the black that you were talking about, seeing the heb uh, mm-hmm. painted. Uh, there's a 1950 that I'm going to start working on as soon as I finish the Heb um, that, that was painted in an identical color, and it's set in this dealer's showroom. And uh, I believe that Klaus found found the car, and, dude, they won't sell these cars uh, if you're not serious. And, you know, they, they want to make sure that these things go to a place where it's not going to get, you know what I mean, uh, it's not going to get, you know, torn up and, and – and, uh, right and you know cut up and turn into a drag car or whatever you know and and um but you're right man and um you know i i think that i'm on the bottom of that list but i'm i'm, I'm getting those calls <laughs> you know what i mean whenever these cars well, are coming but, up but that's that's who makes those calls in other words you know when I, I just ran into and there's also the people that like the scrapper guys call yeah. like if a junkyard gets found and somebody wants to sell 20 cars. There's the guys that get those phone calls for the 20 cars. But, you know, I know people on both sides of the spectrum. So, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a month or two ago, I got a phone call and, uh, it was a wrecking yard, not far from Vegas. And I got a phone call. Hey, there's all these rare Volkswagens. And, you know, that's how the story always starts. Like when it starts oh, yeah. out, like, Oh, there's all these rare Volkswagens, yeah. you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a real big letdown. Yeah. But, uh, Got the phone call, and then the guy's like, yeah, there's already a guy, you know, Skinner looking at coming to get these buses and stuff. So I'm like, well, let me call Skinner right quick, and let's, you yeah. know, let's, let's not. You know what I mean? But um, long story short, I didn't end up getting it. And like, there, there, everything there was like, I could tell talking to the guy, he thought, well, sh- well, they don't make any of this sheet metal anymore, so just the sheet metal's got to be worth a lot of money. And I said, no, dude, they make a- everything, bro. Actually, they do. They- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they make everything. And the oldest car here, which is that 63 ragtop, is- right. there's no pan. There's no pan underneath that car. So, like, that was a $1,000 car, but now with no pan, yeah. it's 500 you know, bucks. You know that these, uh, these yards are popping up all over the place now because these dudes are getting old, you know, and they're – there, um, the guy here in here in uh, Dallas, um, when I was uh, 15 years old, that was working on helping me work on that that '66 Beetle that my uncle gave me. 
um, dude, he's he's in he's in poor health now, and they're trying to figure out what to do with his 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 place, man. And dude, I'm I'm telling you, he's probably he's got buildings stacked with heads. You know what I mean? And he's got he's got you know probably fifty cars. You know what I mean? In his backyard, and it's his whole yeah. fence is just hundreds and hundreds of doors and thirty six horse tins and just I mean everything you can imagine. But man, the sheer amount of work to go in there and clean that that up and get that out of there, you know what I mean? You can't pay big money get, to go in there, you it, know? It'll get you tired. That's why that's why I told the guy I said for me to come here and buy these cars, I gotta get my forty foot trailer and I gotta make six trips out here. Just the gas alone and the time for me paying a couple guys to help me, it's gonna cost me two grand. Well, and they don't like wanna between. they don't wanna sell you the good stuff out of it. They want you to take it <laughs> no. all. You know what I mean? And so yeah, it's the take yeah. it all that kills it. You know what I mean? Because the take it all is it's gonna take months like, where, to where, clean that thing up. Well, where am I gonna put it? And then on top of that, I don't have a helicopter to grab this car out of the middle of the yard. Like how how are you gonna give it to me? And then I don't want you picking up with a forklift spearing it through the door. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like so there's there's so much stuff that's out there, and and to think that they you know they've built. 40 42 million of these dudes yeah just just beetles alone i mean there's yeah. just you know and when these guys start collecting these parts and pieces it's like it, you, you there's so much stuff out there to, to to collect that you know it's good to see it get repurposed back in the hobby and what you know 10 years ago nobody cared about 36 horses those were kicked off pushed into the water in the lake and nobody wanted 36 horse now there's guys that are just like bananas over 36 horse yeah. stuff because i buy everything i what, see this 36 you know yeah i mean it's 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 just that the ebbs and flows of the hobby which is super cool but we started talking about your heb yeah and uh what's the story on the head because you were saying you had a pretty cool story on the on the heb in how what the story was behind that car. So that you're saying that car and the, and the convertible both came out of a collection out there in, in Europe that was like a, not a VW guy collection, just a random no, car collection. He was a VW dealer. Um, and, wow. uh, and he passed away and it fell into his estate. And, um, and it's funny how this stuff works. And, and I know you're a small businessman just like me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you've probably got, I've got a, I, I call her my work wife and my, and my home wife, and I have to hide my money from both. And, um, and so, you know, all my play money that I do all this stupidity stuff with, you know what I mean? I have to hide it from both of them. And, and, um, and so these two cars were in this collection and I, I, I think, I think Klaus is the one that found the cars and, and he was working with Christian and Christian said, Elliot wants that car. And, uh, and Christian called me and he was like, Hey, I need, I need a yes or no from you right now. Um, I've got a, it's in an estate. I've got a head Mueller and I've got a 50 cab. Uh, they have to be bought together. Uh, you have to buy both of them. Do you want them? I was like, well, shit, how, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? And, and like all those details right. really weren't worked out. It was just a yes right. or no. You got to commit right then. And so, you know, the answer was yes, you know? And so I, I told him, yeah, I'll figure it out, man. I want those cars. And so we hung up on that call and, uh, dude, I keep you into a panic, dude. Yeah. 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 I definitely. How am I going to hide this one? And what am I going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all those thoughts that are going through, you know? All of the uh, morons that are in this hobby's head, you know, we're, uh, I'm sitting there trying to figure it out. But man, the crazy part of this story, man, um, is that after that call, the whole thing just went dark for, for like 11, 12 months. And I would, you know, Christian's probably the most popular guy, like, you know, VW guy in the world. I'm sure, I'm sure people blow him up constantly. 
and um, I was texting him. And, and a lot of times, you know, these guys use the WhatsApp. You don't know if you get them on that or Instagram or on Facebook Messenger or on text, you know. And so, but I, te- right. I was trying to figure out what the deal was with the cars. I had set aside money that nobody knew about, and uh, that's how I was going to deal with these cars. And months went by, no words, you know what I mean? And so, in my mind, like 11 months in, I'm like, man, this deal is dead. You know what I mean? Like, like, the, you know, the You're like I thought I had a heb. Yeah, like like it's not gonna happen. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm over it. And then you know I get distracted like you, and something else popped up. I think yeah, I can't remember what I bought, but I I went and spent that little nest egg that I had sitting away for that heb in that um in that in that cab on something else. And I kid you not, like the next day Christian calls me, and he's like Elliot, and I and I, that's a horrible German accent, but uh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he calls me and he's like, hey, I need you to wire the money to this place. And and at this particular time, you being a small businessman like me. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> dude, I was like, I can't remember what was going on. I think we were selling a business or something, but we were in an audit. And, and I couldn't touch anything. Any of my little normal honey holes that I go to get cash and, and kind of, you know, do my magic to be able to pull things like this off, they were all shut down. Like, I couldn't do anything at this time. And, and as timing would have it. You know, he would call that day. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, crap, right. man. And I'd already spent the money. And so I didn't know what to do, man, but I couldn't let the cars go. And so do you know Gene Langan, uh, the no. guy the guy in Connecticut? You need to get him on this show. Yes. He, he's got an amazing yeah, collection yeah. up in Connecticut. Um, he, he's, got, he's got another collection that makes, you know, it's like barn doors everywhere, all kinds of cool stuff. But uh, so I didn't know what to do. And, uh, and me and Gene were pretty tight. I'd bought a couple of barn doors from him. And uh, so I called Gene. I was like, "Hey, Gene, I can't do this. I'm sick." Gene bought. Gene I'm bought. In, the, I'm Gene in a bought, pickle. Yeah, dude. Gene bought them, man. And uh, he bought both cars. And uh, this goes to tell you, you know, just the story, you know, that there's still good people out there. Gene called me a week later. He's like, "Hey, dude, what was the deal on that? You, you want a heb, don't you?" And I was like, "Dude, I want a heb like worse than you know." This is like November or something. And he was like, you know, what's the deal? Like, when's your money going to be right? And I was like, my money will be right, you know what I mean, by the end of December, you know, first of the year. He's like, all right, dude, the heb's yours, man, whenever the money's right. And um, I was like, you're kidding me, dude. And I was like, I thought he was going to gouge me next, you know what I mean? Like, you know, hit me for twice, right. you know what I mean, what we got the give deal Give me for. all the money so yeah, my car's free. give me all the free. money and I'll keep the cab. You know what I mean? I thought it was going to be like that. And and, uh, and so I think people would argue, you know what I mean, this kind of deal. But uh, I think the heb is probably worth more than the cab. And uh, I was like, all right, Gene, what, what do I owe you, man? I agree. He's like, what do, I, what do I owe you? And he's like, well, just this is the total divided by two, and you owe me you owe me half of that. And so that dude got me out of that pickle and then made sure that I had that hip. And, um, and yeah. uh, dude, that is just the classiest act. Like, I'll never forget that. That dude holds a special, special place in my heart. And then a year later, he calls me, and he's like, hey, man, I shouldn't have this cab. This cab belongs with that heb. So give me the rest of the money and come get the cab. I was like, dude, you're shitting me, man. You're kidding me, right? And uh, yeah. and that's how I wound up back with both cars. And uh, I tell you what, one of the coolest stories about the about the heb is uh, Klaus uh, took the uh, the heb and he stored it for for I say us, me and Gene. Uh, he stored it for us at his place for months before it ever. Uh, before, because the plan was for us to pick it up at, at Hessich Oldendorf, uh, the big show. And, um, and so he stored it in his place. And the he- Hedmuller, I forget what his name is, but it's uh, the original Hedmuller guy's grandson came over and checked the car out. And I've got a picture of him with the car uh, check, yeah. checking the car out in Klaus's uh, uh, shop. And then, and then Klaus got it to Christian. 
and then Christian got it running again, and like he uh, he did a few things to it. I can't remember. I think he went through the brakes and did some things. And anyway, he got it ready for me so that when I came out to Hessage, uh, me and Gene went out there. Um, Gene had the cab, and I had the I had the head Mueller, and so we had cars uh, to roll in whenever nice. we got there, man. So, but uh, yeah, oh, we, it's even better because they're your cars. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, it was freaking rad, man. And so. And so eventually the cars came back. They found their way through Gene's collection to my collection. And, um, and when we got the Heb, the Heb was, man, dude, it, it, Ethan, uh, my buddy that we were talking about earlier, um, uh, that does a lot of stuff, me and him got it in his garage, man. And dude, we cut and buffed the living crap out of that car, dude. But we knew that thing was wearing like some serious, serious mud. Um, right. But we, I had a 61, um, uh, ratty just a rat rod you know what i mean kind of a car that was sitting on a on a pete skiba air-cooled uh, pan that had all like the doodads <laughs> and stuff on it we picked the body up we unbolted the body picked it up put it on the 61 pan and we rolled it like that for like six months and so all the pictures that you see of that thing hammered out just like rolling around uh, that's that's what we did we took it to a bunch of car shows like that and um and then after that i you know i always had the intention of doing that car right and uh and pulling it apart and uh and getting it right but man the journey on that head mueller um you know it started in a shop in texas um uh, it was a bad decision on my part uh, i never really knew buddy had metal skills like we we're exhibiting on the head mueller right now and so right we, we had a little metal wizard i thought i had to get all the metal work done in texas and then take it to buddy to paint and um, lo and behold, that wasn't the story. Buddy was the right. I should have taken it there first. But it started in a little metal shop in Texas, and we fa- figured out what a basket case it was. And the guy, just like every other story goes, it got stuck in his shop, and there was no progress happening. And so I had to go take it out of the shop, and I took it to Buddy. And, um, man, the, the community that's come around um, that Heb, we have a we have a secret. It's called the Heb, Heb Builders. Um, little uh, uh, Facebook Messenger thread going on for the past like couple of years on that Heb Mueller, and uh, this team of guys, man, uh, the Heb Hunters, um, which is you know Rude de Routier and and uh, 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 Dirk, whatever his name is, that uh, that makes all the metal for the Hebs and all this kind of. All these guys are on this thread. Even uh, even uh, uh, Ken Diggett is building a a Heb. He's on this thread. And uh, oh, yeah. all of these guys have come together like every day they're they're researching and looking at like this metal needs to be this way. Your spot welds in the wrong place here. We need to we need to source this. And, and these guys like the bows for the convertible top. And but this community has just come together to build that uh, to build that hub. And lo and behold, man, when I got that car in the 60s, there's a well-documented uh, col- accident that it was in. And uh, they grafted it with like a '62 Beetle front end, like back in like early, uh, early to mid '60s, somewhere in there. And so the car lost its Heb number uh, back then. Well, this group that they call themselves the the Heb Hunters, uh, for the last like two years, they've been looking for this number. And they just uncovered it uh, a few months ago. So it's a uh, that's that's you know the number that you see in Buddy's pictures on the door. Uh, that's the yeah. uh, that's the Heb number for the car. They found it finally. And uh, so that car is just completely documented now. And Buddy, most of you guys are probably following that progress along on Instagram. You know, Buddy's always so secretive about everything. He never wants to post anything. He wants to just blow it out at the Cali Classic. You know what I mean? And, and I'm like, Buddy, right. you know, 
nine tenths of the world don't get to see your 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 quality and your stuff because you're so secretive, man. And um, and so I talked him into uh, to just putting every little part of this restoration, you know, just out there on Instagram. And uh, he's done a great job of documenting, man. And that car hadn't even been there a year, man. And uh, I took that thing to him in pieces, three pieces, man. And, I saw uh, it. And, uh, dude, it was a piece of trash uh, whenever we got all that Bondo off of it. <laughs> and, what, uh, is it one of those things where I, I can only imagine you guys, like, buffing this car out and, like, uh, I tapped underneath the, core, the, the, the A pillar, and I don't think we want to buff that too hard. Dude. <laughs> like, dude, when we popped the uh, – me and Ethan popped the trim off of that thing, it pulled a bullseye, a Bondo, out of that thing as big as a silver dollar, man. And, oh. um, and it was at least a half inch deep right there, man. And so we knew we had some problems there, you know, and, um, yeah. but, uh, but it's, it's been amazing though. And I think it's been, it's been awesome for buddy to really showcase what he's capable of. You know what I mean? I think this gets him, I think this gets him into consideration on, on a lot, a lot, you know, bigger, like, you know, 356 and just these heavy hitter cars, collector cars, you know what I mean? Kind of a. Well, yeah, I, I think sometimes when people look at the end result of what Buddy builds, he's building mostly custom stuff. But you know, the, the work is the same work whether you're doing yes, custom right. or stock. And and he's got his shop. They've got the patience to do that kind of tedious, you know, yeah. metal work. I mean, it, you know, and like you're saying, it, it'll it'll make guys think twice about like, well, maybe I'll send it to Buddy to have him restore it because they they assume that Buddy's just all yeah. full custom. He just has a clientele of people that do a lot of full custom stuff. That's right. That's, you know? that's just kind of where he came from. But and so I think this just introduces him to a you know a population that that'll kind of take that to the next level. But you know, to your earlier question, kind of what are our plans with it? Uh, so that car, um, it never had its original motor. And um, and well, uh, one question I have yep. is what what was the title? What was it titled as? Uh, it was. How it, do you get it, it across? Yeah, it was titled was, as, as a Head Mueller. So it's it's Heb Mueller's are titled as a Heb Mueller. Well, it's titled say Volks- Volkswagen. Yeah, Volkswagen sold them, um, and so Volkswagen subbed out, as I understand it. Uh, Volkswagen subbed out the building of the car. So unlike you know some of these other cars like the Ro- Romish and the you know these other cars where the coach builders built them and then sold them, mm-hmm. Volkswagen subbed this out, and then when they were done with them, they returned to Volkswagen to sell them. And so they they have they have Volkswagen titles, and um, so they're sold as a Volkswagen Beetle Cabriolet, or yeah, I think it, that's it, what the, the title. I think that's what the title says. It's all in German, so I can't really uh, I can't really read it what it says, but <laughs> but yeah, that's it's uh, it is a Volkswagen like a Cabriolet or something like that. Um, so now you're telling the plans once you get this thing going. Yeah, yeah. And so we're we're gonna build it, man. I I, I uh, sourced uh, from from uh, Greg Banderfield. He had a uh, a cool little 25 horse that that's in the same period as the, uh, as the Heb, the Heb's a 49. And so Greg had this motor that's, that's from the same period. And he had, uh, he had, uh, stroked it out and, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been all tricked out. And so it's going to kind of have a, you know, a vintage speed, kind of a fill motor to it. And, uh, it's got P11 carbs on it, uh, Porsche P11s. And it's, it's a pretty, pretty trick little thing. And so, so oh, I seen it, I seen it. We did, did my little walkthrough over there at Buddy's yeah, place. And we got a little view of that. My motor looks sick, man. Yeah. I like the, I mean, it looks like, I mean, what you're going to be having a blazing 42 horsepower in the thing. I know, dude. Pretty wicked. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm into right now, man. Like I've already had all the big motor cars and all the, but like, 
having a vintage speed piece like that that's just got all these rare trinkets on it and uh and so we're gonna have that so I, my, my the idea is to make it kind of vintage speed as if it was built in the era you know what i mean is is what we're what we're going to kind of look at and and uh it's going to be running the um you know it'll be running the, the porsche um uh, uh, 356 drums um we 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 did the uh we did uh that thing would have had cable brakes on it we we did uh hydraulic uh brakes on it but the way that we did the hydraulic brakes uh one of the head mueller guys had had a manual uh from uh from the uh from the 50s and it was an upgrade a suggested upgrade uh in their manual and so we did it exactly to the specs uh of the Volkswagen manual that that taught you how to turn it into hydraulic brakes in like you know what I mean? In the early fifties. And oh, uh, so Volkswagen came out with like a conversion kit. Like this is right. how you convert your cable car to hydraulic. Dude. Brakes. And it was everything. It was, you make these brackets and you run this and you mount this, you know what I mean? This many centimeters from that. And, um, and so we, 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 we took that manual and we did it exactly as it would have been in the manual. And, um, and so when, um, you know, the, 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 the grand national roadster show, um, whenever buddy found out that we were going to be taking it to that, um, you know, that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of a, a, a custom car show. And, and I like, I like customs, you know what I mean? I, 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 yeah. I, I value, you know what I mean? The, the vintage and the, the originality. And I don't want to, I don't want to do anything to take away from the head Mueller, but, uh, the, the plan is at the grand national roadster show, I told buddy early on in this, in this, uh, I've spent a ton of money metal finishing this car. Um, sure. people don't realize that what's good enough to spread filler on and paint um like how much further you have to go to metal finish a car but i told buddy early on i want to show this car in bare metal uh before before we paint it and so so we're taking it out there man it's going to be hammered down um on, on a beam uh it's going to have metal finished fuchs um it's going to have that little hot rod 25 horse we're going to drive it in there in bare metal nice it's going to have bare metal seat frames bare metal we're even putting a telefunken radio in it um, that's going to be all done out, just everything in bare metal. And it, that's going to be in Buddy's booth um, is where nice. that car is. Maybe it'll be the backdrop for your show there. There you go. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's it, like you said, there's so much work that goes into it to paint it that it's almost a shame to cover it up and just yeah. to have that thing so dialed in in bare metal. And then eventually paint it now did you research so are, are is that car going back to the way it rolled off the factory as much as you can yeah so absolutely when you do decide to put it back to absolutely original spec yeah li literally the only thing that's going to be different is we'll pull the front beam off and just lift it back up on its 49 beam and you're back pretty much to stock other than the hydraulic brakes and um yeah and so and that's kind of how we're going to we're going to show it, but it's, it's, man, we've gone so far on that head Mueller. Um, dude, the, the experts are looking, buddy sends me probably 20, 30 pictures a day. Um, how do we do this? And dude, sometimes we'll have to put the, the project on pause for a week while they figure out how a specific piece of metal was, was, uh, you know what I mean? Was, was, uh, spot was welded into the car folded. Did, yeah. Did you notice like, uh, like people don't understand, um, how cust like how different head Mueller's are than regular beetles. Um, the insides of the, of the heater channels have all kinds of bracing in there that that's head specific to stiffen the car because they cut the roof off of it. Um, yeah. and so, you know, regular, like your cabs don't have that your cab, you know, your, uh, Carmen cabs, 
uh, don't have. Yeah, that. they just have the reinforcement, the reinforcement metal. And so, like and so we had we had uh, uh, we had the 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 heater channels uh, sent to us open, um, uh, not assembled, so that we could do all of that work uh, on the inside to make that right. And uh, luckily, this car still had the original heater channels in it, and so we were able to dissect those and get precise measurements, and everything is is as spot on. But nobody will ever see the inside of those heater channels again. You know what I mean? But but it's it's documented and and uh, and we know that it's right. You know, and so that's that's the that's the fun uh, that I'm having with this car right now. You know, so everything that we used to do, like in the you know detailing and using you know billet washers and you know what I mean and, and Allen head screws and stuff like that. I'm really yeah, now just, you're just going the geek, other way geeking out the on the details yeah just geeking out on K-Max the, bolts bro need yeah, the K-Max dude, bolts gotta have K-Max man <laughs> and so and so uh, we'll, we'll take it to the Grand National Roadster show unfortunately man our plan um, was to uh, we were going to go out to Hessich Oldendorf and uh, the guy that does all the fabric and the convertible tops for those hebs was there Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess, you know, they canceled that show until 2021. And so we'll have to wing it and kind of, kind of figure that out. But, um, but anyway, the plan is to take the Grand National Roadster show, show it. Um, we're going to do some pretty serious photo shoots of it in bare metal. And, uh, and then we're going to paint it and finish assembling it at that, at that point. And so we got a uh, Matt Miller, you know, Matt, don't you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> As crazy as he is, man, the dude's talented, and uh, he's he's uh, he uh, he's jumping. You know, guys with he's jumping on the interior like and the top, but um, guys with a lot of talent like that uh, have a tendency to be a little eccentric. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah, we're gonna lock so. him in the shop and post guards by every doors. We're not gonna let him out. That's not not let anybody <laughs> in, man, until he's done. But that's uh, exactly it. That's you know that's probably. You know, that's the most exciting thing going on with me right now. But right after this, on the tail end, um, I'm going to do the 50. And I'm going to put those cars back to bookmarks. I mean, bookends. Um, yeah. You know, again, and, and uh, I think that that stuff is just, I mean, it's just really, really cool. And, um, um, but that's, that's the stuff that I geek out on. I've been, I've been hunting a, a Dannenhauer, uh, Stoss. Do you know what those are? Oh yeah, we we had Lloyd Key on here. Oh the yeah, DNS coupe. Yeah, DNS coupe, baby. So I'm on one. Uh, I'm on one that I'm I'm uh I'm tracking down in Europe right now. I've been working on for 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 uh, probably almost a year now, man. And hopefully I'll get it done at some point. But uh, that's the stuff that I love right now. It's just it's just you know finding these old hunting cars. down. Yeah, yeah, man. hunting down these these original these original cars and uh and just and, and really. Yeah, just just get that between the history and the story. I mean, you know, Klaus told me about one car where they had, uh, you know, the car was in a garden. It was like the guy, the guy's car had caught fire. Something that happened, yeah. and then as a tribute to the guy, they put the burnt carcass in the garden in Sweden. Yeah, and his buddy went and snatched that car up. I mean, these guys are dragging these relics out of wherever and it's Dude. so awesome to see these things getting put back on the road i mean that's and and, and it's funny because it it starts with the 62 that you bought from your neighbor yeah and, and, and it's the same passion and desire that goes into your 62 random bug oh to yeah. like a guy who's got a 64 steel sunroof and he's like man it's one you're only steel sunroof small window car you know what yeah. i mean like there's, yeah. there's so many little nooks and crannies of collectability with volkswagens and I love it all, man. I, I, you know, that's that's why I do the podcast because so many of us we have the same passion 
and it's just expressed different ways. And some of us are more fortunate than others that got a little more discretionary income. And, and we really shouldn't, nobody should be bashing on guys like that. We should be happy that there's more cars getting on the road. And some people will argue like, oh, it's making everything too expensive. But that's not the case. What's going to make things expensive is it is supply and demand. Yeah. And the reality is no one's finding a $100 Hep Mueller. No. You know what I mean? That's just, that ain't happening. No. But I'm... I, I'm, I'm enjoying watching you, uh, you know, buy these cars and do this. Cause for me, it, it, it lets me see more stuff getting out there in the scene. And it's just fun to see those cars getting put back on the road, you know, and it, and that's what we do, man. You know, we, we inspire each other. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it didn't occur to me until I started telling the story that it was your car that kicked all this off. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, well, and that's, and that's what we hope that for me, I remember when I was a kid sitting where me and my brother used to call it Ant Hill by our house. We probably had to be had to be fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade. And it was you drive through it today, it's like a little blip in the road. But for us when we were kids, roller skating on this hill was like this huge hill. And I remember this dude had this this fifty seven Chevy that I wouldn't look twice at today. It was all jacked up in the back, candy apple red, like but it looked like a Hot Wheels to me. And I was like, Man, that thing I remember the first time I saw that car, I was like that thing's so awesome, man. And I had a little Hot Wheels 57 Chevy, but it's like these things that kick off this hobby for us. And it's like that dude's, which, you know, it's like, it's like you go back and watch the A team from when you were a kid. And you're like, I believe this crap. Boy, this is so staged. Like this, the acting is horrible, like everything. But it's like in your, in your, in your nostalgic mind, that thing was so cool that you saw that it, it, it kicked off this whole thing for you where like, You've got this intense passion for, for these cars, and it's like w- when we get fortunate enough to have the have the ability to to bring these things back to life, man. It's like a, it's like being part of bringing something back. Yeah, you know, and and that's that's the enjoyment I think we all get out of it, and and the best thing is being able to, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of cars that you put back on the road that have inspired other people to put cars back on the road or given them the motivation. And this podcast in and of itself, I can't tell you how many emails I get, man. Yeah, like, dude, your podcast for me gets me so fired up about my passion. I go out in the garage, I'm wrenching on the car, and I'm listening to some awesome VW talk because everybody connects with all these stories and to be able to sit down and talk with you and be like, Hey, so, you know, like, Oh man, I wonder whatever happened to Nate's bus. Well, now we know what happened to Nate's bus, right? Yep. It's in the Vansel collection in Dallas, Texas. So, uh, yep. you know, listen, if I come, if I come to Texas for anything and I need something to kick around, hey, I'm dude. Not, I'm not, yeah, I'll toss I'm you the drive keys for bus. sure, man. I know you know how to drive a bus, <laughs> man. The, uh, but so, you know, you know, the other thing that's, that's, that's really cool about all of this is, a lot, a lot of this, man, you can build like the quality of Volkswagens has, I mean, buddy's really helped that. I mean, buddy builds an amazing car, but, uh, dude, there's, there's cars that are being built in garages here that, that are, are not far off of that, that mark. You know what I mean? And, and, oh, yeah. uh, and so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much or where you start or, you know, if you're willing it's to get out there and roll, money. Yeah, dude, if you're willing to get out there and roll your sleeves up, you can do it. You know what I mean? Because for every one buddy hell car that I built, you know, we built five or six, you know what I mean? Uh, pretty damn yeah. nice freaking cars. You know what I mean? That, uh, that, 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 that you can do. And it's just, that's, what's cool about Volkswagens, man, is, is just roll your sleeves it's every up. Every man's, yeah. Every, every man's hobby. I mean, I had, I had, uh, uh, Steve Strope on here, who I told you earlier, builds like SEMA level cars and all this stuff. 
the first two cars he had featured in Hot Rod Magazine. He literally built those cars, one in a barn, one in a driveway with a wire wheel brush yep. and epoxy and epoxy paint to do the to do the suspension parts and all that stuff. And it's just like, you know, it, 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 and he did such a nice job that when Hot Rod Magazine came to him and said, hey, man, we want your shop to build Gumout's new car. And he's like, I don't have a shop. I <laughs> yeah, built all this shop? stuff in my driveway. <laughs> right. but you know what I mean? But, but so it's a testament to you can build it. You can take a wire wheel and sit there and and and, and tweak out for six hours cleaning every piece of grease off a bolt. You don't have to send it out to have it freshly blasted. I mean, yeah. every aspect of it you can do in the in the patience and and time. If you put that into it, you'll get the same result, man. You know. Yep. So be amazing it, what you available. can do with a wire wheel yeah. and four fifteen, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I mean, look, there's a there's a there's a lot of opportunity out there for everybody. So Absolutely. people shouldn't get too worried about i don't have the money to have a car that nice if you don't get the money then put in the time yeah i mean because it's sixes some of us get get the money when we go to work because we put years and hours into building a, a business or career to where we can yeah finally reap the rewards and we've positioned ourselves where we can put a little discretionary cash into that and then others that might be working a, a nine to five in a you know uh, any kind of joe average job boy you've got the available you could possibly have the available time to put into your hobby that that'll get the same result for you no, you know, i mean i've seen absolutely. i had friends that had cars painted at one day paint and body and yeah. they just nitpicked it till they got <laughs> nitpicked that 199 dollars yeah. paint job until they got a really really good paint job but you yeah. know yeah. uh it's out there it's out there for everybody and and i'm stoked to see what you're doing i'm 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 excited to see, you know, I, I look forward to all the metal work that's being done. I was watching today, them welding pan halves today, and I'm like, dang, man, that's like, I don't, like, Bill T does not have that kind of patience, no. man. I just, I could not, you know what I mean? Like, well, my, I would rather, you know, I would rather, for me, I've got so many different projects and things going on. I know that I can't do that. I couldn't do that head Mueller justice. I'd much rather be in the garage, you know, building and wrenching, but it, it really just comes down to a, how much time do I have? You know, where's, where, you know, where is my time best spent? You know what I mean? It's, it's on this yep. driver project over here and uh, the head Mueller. I mean, that's, that's a car worthy, you know what I mean? Of buddy hell. And it, it, and it, that was for me, that's the one guy through all of this, man. That's the one guy who's never let me down. You know what I mean? He's never, um, you know, everything that I've ever done with him, uh, has always just exceeded my expectations. And, uh, the dude's honest and he's fair, man. And uh, and that was the only that was the only uh, place for me true. to take it, you know. Yeah, he is he is an honest dude. He's fair. He he gives a little bit extra time, and then he cares you know, is what it is more than anything. You know what I mean? Like the dude is a he's a tender well, he soul. Gets and super he hyped. Yeah, he'll get super hyped on the phone, man. Like he'll be as excited, if not more excited than you about your project. Like, bro, we're going to do this. It's going to be so bitching. We're going to do that. And you're just like, dude, like, let's do it, man. And if you don't match his intensity on the phone, like if he calls you and you're having a bad day and you don't match he'll his intensity, he gets down, dude. And like, I'm like, dude, like two weeks later, it's like, why are you down, bro? You're not excited anymore, man. No, dude, I am. I was just having a bad day, you know, and it's, right, it's funny right. how passionate, you know, passionately he takes this stuff. 
No, and he's and 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 he's he's a good cat, man. That's why that's why you know when I kicked off the podcast, man, he was my first podcast. You know what? I, I remember that when it filmed on his back porch at his old house. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know that was uh, that was uh, that's what kicked it off because I thought, look, I know Buddy. A lot of people don't get a chance to see him, so let's let's wrap it up with Buddy. But yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see what you got going on. I'm looking forward to. Uh, hopefully coming out there. So make sure that your your dates don't correspond with the uh, with what what when you, when you typically do Dub Splash. Yeah, Dub Splash. Uh, you know, it had been in July forever, and uh, when we moved it over to uh, over to the lake, we took the opportunity to get it into into April, a little bit cooler time of year. Uh, but I guess with all this COVID stuff going on, man, the the city's not going to let us. We're we're trying to pick dates after May. Uh, for this year only, and then it'll return back to April the following year. But, but um, um, we'll see what this. We're definitely having it this year. We're, uh, you know, it's just we gotta we gotta find a date. You know what I mean? We need to put all this stuff aside and and uh, get back to V Dub. And yeah, I'm ready, man. So you count on me being there this year as long as we got enough time. I got I gotta have a breather between Grand National Rose oh, show for sure, and then. And then your guys have been out there. Give me a couple of weeks, but uh, yeah. And dude, I'm going to be I'm at the definitely... Grand National Roadster Show, so I got to have a breather too. So <laughs> for sure, <laughs> sometimes it gets crazy. You know, it, it would get to the point where at the Classic Weekend, yeah. After the Classic Weekend, I just needed a VW break for two weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like too dude. much, too much, too much. And then I was like, all right, I got to take, I got to take a break. I've just hogged all my free in, time. Dude. Back in the day, Nick's Burgers, and you know what I mean. It was. It's a lot to take in that weekend, man. I'll never forget that nasty burnout you did uh, for in in front of Nick's. Uh, oh, in come, the Type Thirty Four, yeah, coming out the Type Thirty Four, <laughs> man, that was funny, bro. Listen, from a stand, like, I don't care who you are, from a standpoint of flexing, that's flexing right there. <laughs> like, like everybody's white gloving their cars onto the trailers and all that stuff. Oh, I'm yeah. like, nope, I'm out of here. I'm about to hit this bird at 80 mile an hour on the freeway, and let me show you what I'm gonna do when I'm leaving here. Dude. Yeah, I got a couple. I got a couple different videos of that shot. Yeah, so, I'll never forget. Uh, I was like, this dude is nuts. So when you, but when you, I'm a, I'm a firm believer it like the bus is getting all repainted, whole nose is getting redone, everything on the, on, on the red and black bus. And you know, I, I, I plan to hit a road trip with that. The only thing I'm gonna do different on the bus this time, I'm actually going to put a, uh, uh, a clear bra on the front. Yeah. And, that's smart. uh, they, they have the self healing ones. Cause the problem with uh, those chips on those bus, it's like a billboard. When you get a chip, man, it. Dude, it's uh, it's hard to touch it up and pull it off, you know. Dude, I've got a Vanagon Synchro, and you can't. Those things are just just like a brick driving down the freeway, man. Tracks every rock on the road. Yeah, and does your does your Synchro does it? Do you, is it a Subi conversion that, or are you running a VW motor? Dude, all right. So that's been a little bit of an evolution, man. We uh, it was a Subi conversion uh, when I got it, and uh, here recently we did a a a two point turbo diesel. Uh, the Dieselgate diesels, like out of a 2017 Jetta, uh, in it, yeah. it's it's, uh, it's clocked at 50 degrees, so it'll fit under the uh, deck lid, and uh, yeah. yeah, that thing makes monster torque, man. It's a lot of fun to drive that thing. Oh, so it's so you had a Subi in there before, yeah. Which a Subi's great power, but when you put it under what what's that thing weigh? Five thousand yeah, pounds, dude. That thing loaded is six six thousand pounds, easy. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of weight, weight. man. And uh, and, and, you know, me and my son did a 30 day trip in that thing last year. Um, he was, uh, uh, it was the year, the summer before his uh, senior year. And, um, I wanted to do it before I, you know, before we lose him to the world. And, uh, he and I took off, man. And we did all of Southern 
Colorado. We did all of Utah. We went down into we went down into Vegas and caught the Beatles show with Death Valley to Yosemite. Took it all the way up to Seattle, and uh, we were on the road in that thing forever. And and up there in the passes, the Subaru was fine in uh, in Texas, but you start getting in those mountain passes and stuff like that, and uh, coming out of like Grand Tetons, um, it was it just wasn't enough to you know. Did, didn't have enough to, to really push that much weight. A little tin top, you know what I mean, Vanagon, or a little right. square square back or something. It's like having a big two liter in the back, you know. It's it's monster. But when about. you start hitting the hills, yeah. But when you start hitting those hills really and you're and you're loaded like that, and then um um you know, and then that diesel, you know, the diesels, you know, the diesels, you know, like three hundred something foot pounds of torque. You know what I mean, like with a tune on it and oh, stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean. And so it's it's just a different ball game. And so um. Yeah, that's so I have a little V eight in the back of that dude. Dude, it's it's freaking rad, man. And um, uh, we we did some uh, we did some off road in that thing. And uh, have you ever done the Vanagon thing? No, I haven't. Dude, don't do one, man, because you'll be addicted. It's I know. Uh, <laughs> it's and they're not cheap. They're dude, not cheap. But they're outfitted, man. They ain't dude, cheap. They're like Mercedes Sprinter vans, man. I mean, they are not. I've probably got more in that synchro than I do in any air cooled Volkswagen that I have. But, uh, yeah. you know, what's cool about that is it's just Volkswagens in general, but the, the Vanagons, you can actually get them reliable enough to take off and live out of that thing for, you know, we were, we were gone for 30 straight days and, uh, dude, it was an amazing trip, dude. We never, I think we paid for camping. We paid for camping two nights. Dude, I left it at your house, didn't I? When we were in Vegas. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so we, uh, we stayed in a hotel that night and I think we paid for camping one other time. Other than that, we were in national forest and, and, uh, and uh, you know BLM land and all that kind of stuff, man. And it was just a memory maker, man. We had a blast doing that, and uh, no. so it was good times. It's but good yeah, time. yeah. If you want another nasty habit, get get you a synchro. Get a synchro. Yeah, yeah that's another nasty. <laughs> Bad habit. news. Well, you know what happened? I bought I bought my bay. I bought the little orange bay window camper that was lowered. Yep. I bought. I was at a show in Salt Lake, and I thought, ah, oh, wild card low. Just give this guy a, an offer for this camper bus because i'd cruise it it was lowered stuff so i bought it and then i because i had my three-car trailer there with two cars on it so i said i'll give this dude an offer he took the offer then i got it back and i drove it to buses by the bridge yeah. drove it down there camped in it and when i got back i said man i love this thing i gotta sell it now yeah because as soon expensive. as i was driving back i was like ah rpm's too high i need a big two liter in here oh yeah up in tires i started i had a whole by the time i got home i had ten thousand dollars in my head that i wanted to spend on the thing oh yeah and i said i i need to sell it because yeah as it sits right now i got you know i mean i don't look i don't got a, a vansel collection but i got the sagrinos collection which is like nine cars and it's and when you got nine cars we don't understand like <laughs> everything needs something all the time that's so, probably the most disappointing thing to me right now with my with my hobby is that i've turned it into man it's just it's impossible to keep everything going you know what i mean like it's just yep. you know, every time you go in a battery's dead freaking jets are clogged you know what i mean it's you're just like oh i'm gonna drive this and yeah. then you go get in like rrr, and the reality the reality is you're driving what wants to start and what's closest to the door you know what i mean and that and, uh, and that that's what it was like oh why'd you bring this out again this yeah. week i was like because it was in front because it was the only one that would start today <laughs> and i went I went two weeks ago to go to go to Cars and Coffee in the morning, and it's like I get in my garage, and I was like, you know what I'm going to take today? I'm going to take the uh, – I said, I'm going to take the, uh, the the crew cab. And so I had the square back in the driveway. I go in the garage, and for some reason I hadn't driven the crew cab in like three weeks. 
And I don't even know why the bell, but I started cranking it. I was like, nur, 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 nur. I'm like, yeah. oh, come on, bro. Dude, Something it's always like, something, man. Dude, I love <sighs> that carbon cab, dude. That thing is so bad. Yeah. The, uh, that, but it's like that, that thing's, that thing's just so fun to get in. It's like you get in and you just bomb down there that, that I put a super high tranny in that thing. So it literally cruises at 75. That's awesome. What year is that? Thing? I mean, it's like 62, 62. Cool. Yeah, I've got yeah, that 59 that I need to finish that set out in Buddy's garage for years and years and years. Um, That's time. Yeah, I need to do that, dude. Maybe we'll drive that. The only thing with guy, the only thing with guys our size in them in those buses with that bench seat in there is like, I I've got to build a different seat because I like to sit lower. Yeah. And further back, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a. Here's I'm the deal. Doing a custom front seat. Here's the deal with buses, man. They always let you know when it's time to lose some weight. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding about that. Because you, you, you start shopping for steering wheels. Next thing you know, you got that Cholo chain steering wheel in there, and it's like you just got to start making some decisions. Yeah, they know. They let you know quick, man, when it's time. But uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, dude, it's it's awesome, man. And the, uh, um, you know, there's just so many projects I want to get to. You know what I mean? That's I think that that's what keeps me going. But I'm about to. Uh, my buddies are having an intervention with me, and we're about to start kind of thinning the herd and just getting it down to more of a. You know, you're either super collectible or you're really fun to drive or you got to go, you know what I mean? Kind of. A yeah. Thing. And so, yeah, it's, it's too much. It's the curse that, that it, it starts to get is too much to handle. So you got to start, uh, and there's other people cause you look, cause you love everyone of these cars. You want somebody to take care of it. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah. I don't have the time to give it the love it needs. You know, I was talking so, to Randy, I was talking to Randy Carlson the other day and, uh, I was like, what? Well, it didn't sound like his normal self, man. It sounded like he was a little down. And uh, I was like, man, you having a bad day? Like, he's like, man, I just want to be that guy that's got one car that he's polishing in the garage and just a patch of grass in the front to mow, and that's it. <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> he's like, I've turned my hobby into my into my master. You know what I mean? And and yeah. uh, dude, that just that just rings so true sometimes. You know what I mean? That that uh, we let these hobbies kind of get out of control. And um, well, and so well, that's it. It's like I'm sp- I'm spending my holiday weekend. I've got my '65 Riviera, which was like a you know, like that, like that, that hate date. You break up with your yeah, girlfriend. Yeah. You go on a date. You just go on a date with this other girl just to go on to, and then you just latch in this bad relationship forever. <laughs> that's my Riviera, dude. I blew up a bug, and I was like, "That's it, bro. I'm getting a sixty. <laughs> I'm getting a mid sixties Buick Riviera." And then I bought it, and then I was like, "Let me chase this down the rabbit hole." And it's just been nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And I can't. I didn't want to tell talk about how much money I have in this car, and it's been sitting on the rack in my garage, and. Everyone that comes in my garage knows me as a Volkswagen guy. They walk in, they look at that Riviera, and it's the it's the perfect wheels and stance. And they're like, "Bro, why don't you drive that car? It's so <laughs> awesome! It's so this, it's so that." And then I start thinking about all the all every shop I've taken it to that was just heartbreak, disappointment. Yeah. And then I'm like, I said, "Well, I have about six hours left on that car to finish it, and this weekend." <laughs> It, this 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 extended weekend i'm trying to make one day and here's the problem it's like it's on a lift in my garage and to work on it so now my, so this was my plan i said here's my intervention to get out of this i'm going to unload everything out of the garage this week and what runs great is going on the rack all the way up to the next best running thing goes underneath that yep. all the way out to the outside ex- accessibility of the garage will be the non-running cars that need work yeah so that way i'm forced to work on these cars because if not, smart. you do that, you know, 
we, we get so busy that we're just like, ah, screw it. I'll just take this other car. As much as you want to drive yeah. car X, you got to take this other one. And I'm sure these, everybody's like, oh yeah, boohoo. Great problems, yeah. guys. But listen, yeah. you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's frustrating because, you know, this Riviera looks so cool and I envision myself driving this thing. But the reality is if I get this big bird running, man, I might just, I might have to sell it to make some room because I'm getting to that hey, point where it's like, you know, what's funny, man, is I'm a big proponent of staying in your lane. And I'm a car guy, period. So I appreciate. It. I love Chevy trucks. I love you know Land Cruisers. Yeah. I love all kinds of stuff, man. And um, I found my way into a uh, all original paint. Only it was lowered on bags, and it had like big Corvette. Was it was a '59 Biscayne? Uh, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful car, man. That thing pissed me off so much because it, it took up two places where I could literally fit two Volkswagens where that where that Biscayne oh, yeah. was parked. I sold it because of that, <laughs> but. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's what that's what happens. I'm telling you, dude. But yeah, you got to stay in your lane, man, for sure. Yeah, I got to get, I got to, I got to make some moves and shake some things up, man. Elliot, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. And, hey, I'm uh, sorry it I'm took so forward- long. Man. It's been a blast. No, no. I li- listen. I look forward to seeing you down at the Grand National Restaurant, especially seeing the the Heb down there and bare metal on display. That's going to be exciting to see down there, man. So I uh, look forward to getting some update for you. And when you get your update, your stuff updated for dub splash, we'll have you back on the podcast. We'll talk dub, dub splash a little bit and make sure that we get, uh, we rally the troops and we bomb down into the middle of the country right there into Texas. Cool. And, uh, everybody gets their V dub and out of their system, man. Let's do so. it, man. Let's get back to V dub. And how about that? That's it. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Well, cool, brother. I appreciate you, man. And Merry Christmas. Uh, anybody you want to give any Merry Christmas to you too? Anybody you want to give some shout outs to before we wrap this up? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just buddy hell and the work he's doing on that uh, on that head Mueller. It's got me re-inspired to build to build cool cars. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, Elliot, man, until uh until I see you again, brother. We'll <laughs> talk to you later. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. I told you it was good and I told you it was long. But that was a great podcast, man. I definitely appreciate having him come on the show. And again, you guys want to support the podcast, go pick up some merch, get a shout out. If you go and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or get us a review anywhere, you'll get a shout out on the podcast. Also, if you guys want to reach out to me by email, it's bill at letstalkdubs.com. So uh, until next week, guys, have a happy, safe Christmas and later.